We've been hit. We've been hit. This <laughs> is how valid is the validity. I want to meet that woman. She sounds kind of hot. Oh, uh, dude. For a, <laughs> a robot. Robot? Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held? Very nice. At the it's really beautiful. Oh. Uh oh. Light modulation. That's a good way to lose lose followers. That's how you end it. That's how you end it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. That's how you end a, a, a traditional national anthem. National anthem. <laughs> Welcome to, to, to uh, uh, episode six of How Ballads of Validity here on Wednesday night. We got a great show tonight. Brian Erlacher, Andy. How about it? I mean, I'm pretty stoked about this. I'm pretty stoked. You think he's going to uh, take all our money from uh, Blackjack? I mean, the blackjack? guy the guy has, I'm going to tell you something. When you have uh, a lot of money and you're playing with people that don't, uh, playing, you don't want to gamble with that guy because he, he'll he he'll just bluff every time. He'll bluff every time and you'll, and put in $1,000 and you'll have to be all in with your 10 or 15. Although you did not do bad against him. Uh, yeah, honestly though, I mean... <laughs> I did what? okay, but he would show. He would literally like show the cards. He would still show. He would show me what he had, and still beat me w- w- somehow. I think uh, all that money made it into the tip jar, though. So I think it's all. It's all yeah, good. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it did. If it, it was probably <laughs> honestly, it was probably all Eddie's. It was all Eddie's yeah. money. I mean, there, it's this has been a uh, interesting week. Texas uh, opened up 100, percent so that's interesting in the sense that now we're, we're going to see. Florida's opened up all the way. Massachusetts has opened up all the way. Texas has opened up all the way. Tennessee is getting close. All the way, like no mask. No mask mandate, no nothing. Wow. Come and join the party. The party. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, what? I don't know about the mask thing. I, what's going to be interesting is, is what people are going to start doing as they start pushing the envelope. Williamson County here took the mask mandate away. So the mask mandate's gone for Williamson County. And so, you know... It's going to be interesting to see if you live in Williamson County, you come to Nashville, if you just don't wear your mask to see who says something. Because I tried to do it at the store the other day, but everybody was wearing their masks and and looking at me, and I just couldn't take it, so I put it on. 
Do you do you have any buddies that are like complete anti-maskers that are like, no, I'm not ever wearing one. No, I I I have I have I don't know anybody like that. I mean, I've seen obviously you see some people or whatever, but I think most everybody just you want to fit in, right? And and that's that's what I saw at the store the other day. I was like, you know, I know I no, nobody's come up and said anything to me. One woman waited for me to get a far away before she moved through the aisle. That was interesting. That was, and she gave me a little look, but she didn't say anything. But I'm very intimidating. You know, I'm very intimidating. But yeah, no, it's it's an interesting ball game, and 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 to see some of these things uh, come to fruition as far as you know, the, they stopped on the wall. They stopped building the wall, for instance. You know, there's all this stuff's kind of coming. Uh, this left and right starting to come to a head as far as you know what people are doing and and you know the states that are opening up because now it's like texas is part of the store they walked into the store with no masks what other states are going to follow follow suit now it's going to feel like you know what i'm just going to see what happens if we do it we do it but that being said uh they, they arrested 1600 immigrants uh over the last three days uh in in texas at the border so there's definitely been an onslaught of more people coming in uh you know or wanting to come in and that's gonna that's being dealt with but now you're not going to hear about it you're not going to hear about these things, but I, I tell you, no, no politics tonight. We're we're going to stay far away from it. But I, I will say this: on a, a non-political aspect, Joe Biden is it, it cannot be running the reins. He, there's no possible way he he is he is running things. So whatever you're seeing, you you may in the first time in history see a president actually get the 25th Amendment really uh, instated, and where the president has no chance of coming back. Not like Bartlett on the West Wing, you know, he was only gone for a little bit. This is this is bad. So I want to show you, at one point in time, one of the reasons Joe Biden's been around for such a long time is because he is a good orator. I mean, he, he speaks well and 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 very, uh, you, you know, you feel like what he's saying he, he means. Uh, so I just, just want to, the, the, the dichotomy between the two different people in a 10-year span. So this is 10 years ago, Joe Biden. I mean, somebody you'd listen to, well, there was a vice president that did that kind of thing, but just, just, just take a look. That's not the role. There's no shakedown. It's insisting on responsible conduct and a responsible response to something they caused. And I find it outrageous to suggest that if, in fact, we insisted that BP demonstrate their preparedness to put aside billions of dollars, in this case, $20 billion, to take care of the immediate needs of people who are drowning. That's the, that's the deal. And so the, the point being is that this, this, this was the Joe Biden that everybody knows and that's been in politics for 40 years. This is the guy. And that was 10 years ago. So in 10 years, what, you know, it basically looks like, you know, a, a person that's gotten older that is starting to have problems and, and it, that need, it's going to need help. You know, this is him today. You all being very polite. You're with me all day and it's dinner time. <laughs> Good afternoon or almost actually it's evening. And, uh, I want to thank you, uh, Governor Ms. Abbott, for uh, your hospitality and your friendship. And uh, Representative Senator Cornyn, I think he had to go back. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And Representatives 
Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you thank all, you for, all for welcoming us. I mean, it, it, the difference is unbelievable. The difference is unbelievable. This is, you don't, and, and see, this is the thing that got me before was you don't see his eyes. His eyes are, you know, before in the first video you saw, it's, it's just like it, his eyes were open. He was cognizant. You know, he yeah. knew he knew what was going on. Um, Why are his eyes so squinty? I don't know. And, and it's just, it's part of whatever's going on with him. This is it. There's no way that this guy can do the job for four, four more years. And, and that's really, whatever your politics are, that something is going to happen that I've never seen, I, I maybe never even heard of, unless it was, you know, President Bartlett on the West Wing. What do you think it was for dinner? Mashed carrots and apricots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's 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 a little scary. I'm not gonna lie. He almost looked. I don't know. In a way, I, he almost looks better in the ten, in the older video. Well, that's what I'm saying. He is. It, well, it, this uh, is a degenerative situation going on, but that's ten years difference. And now the guy is president of the United States. You can actually see his eyes, his eyeballs. That's that's what I'm saying. It's so I'm I'm sure there's a medical term. There's a term for this, something whatever the case is going on. People know what's going on, but but when decisions are getting made and some of these things are happening behind the scenes, that you know there's no possible way he is making those decisions. I I don't know. It's a very interesting time uh, in general, but it is what it is. Now, and and that being said, <laughs> and seriously, that being said. There's been this whole thing now. Um, there's been this whole thing now with with you know uh, canceling. What is that? Is somebody eating? That's Brian. Oh. <laughs> so there's been this whole thing now with canceling Dr. Seuss, right? That's the that's the whole thing everybody's all upset about. And and I want to I want I want people to understand something. They're not canceling Dr. Seuss Seuss all, all the books, right? They're not canceling all of them. They're canceling, I hate using that term, but Dr. Seuss, the company, out of the 69 books or whatnot, they're taking away six of them. They had racial racial overtones. I mean, it was, it's interesting. And we were looking at some of these books that they're taking off last night, and, and one of them was uh, the first one I think he wrote, which was on what I saw on Mulberry Street, right? And you go through this whole book, and the only thing that I really notice because they're, they, you know, they have an Indian guy and they have some, you know, they have other different types of people, or whatever. Was everybody's white, but the whole book is basically just outlines with a little bit of color and everybody's white until, until the end, where there's a China Chinaman in it and he made him yellow, and you're just like, why? Are you allowed to say Chinaman? I don't know if you can say Chinaman. A Chinese person. Well, I th yeah, but I think if you say it like that, it's kind of. Right, but he, he called him a Chinaman in the book. Oh, yeah. Right, so so it's like what that. So it, it was. It's just. But you're looking at that like the whole book. There's nothing in it that would make you think anything until he makes this one guy yellow, and then that's it. You're like, oh, I get it. I mean, there it is. You know, that doesn't even make sense for the whole book or whatever. So what I want to do is I want to you know uh, I want to go and and I, I I want to show you some of the new titles. Uh, of of books uh, by Dr. Seuss that we found, and a few other kids' books, which I think Brian wrote a kids' book actually. So you know he he might be able to uh, to, to elaborate on some of this stuff. Anyway, if, can we bring up my my screen here, Andy? Yeah. Just real quick. I just I just want let's just do this, and I want to show you. So where where are we at here? Is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. So we got 
uh, Green Eggs and Ham. This is everybody knows this book, right? I mean, everybody's a everybody knows what Green Eggs and Ham is. Well, the, the new titles uh, that are underground. These are kind of like underground. The new title, uh, Green Eggs and COVID is a Scam by Dr. Fauci. That's uh, that's a co-write <laughs> with Dr. Seuss. Uh, that that we did, and my, and this is my favorite uh, new title for uh, Green Eggs and Goddamn. Look at that ass. That, that's <laughs> that, that's one of my new favorite Doctor Seuss books. God, come on it. Uh, that's one of my new favorite Doctor Seuss. I books. love that. And so uh, let's see what we got. The Cat in the Hat, right? That's everybody knows about Cat in the Hat. Uh, the new title for Cat in the Hat is uh, the the I Made This Hat with the Cat by Doctor Poos. Doctor Poos. Uh, that's a new uh, Doctor Seuss book. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. The Foot Book. Uh, that's a big Doctor Seuss book. Uh, the the new the new cover on that one is My Foot in Your Ass by Doctor Seuss. Uh, wacky book of ass whoopings. Ass whoopings. Uh, that's that's going to be a good one. Uh, uh, Brian may be able to write that new one. And these are not not these are favorite kids books. Uh, good Night Moon. That's was one of my favorite books. But now that I've gotten older, now that I've gotten older, and you know I partake in nighttime fun stuff. The new title for uh, the adult version is fuck you son that that's always one of my <laughs> that's always one of my favorites uh let's see here we're, we're gonna you, son. curious george everybody knows about curious george i think uh, you know most children even today but the that now that some of these things are getting canceled and only adults will be able to read them the new version is going to be by curious george by curious Man. george at the drag show that's always a, that's always a good one uh and this is my favorite uh love you forever there's no there's no time <laughs> there's no new title there's chad knows this book uh, there's no new title but this book is about a mother who uh doesn't really want to uh come to terms with the fact her son's growing up and so at night while he's sleeping she rocks him in the cradle these are some new child children's books uh, that have all been canceled, but only for adults now. You can buy them on Amazon for probably uh, five or six dollars. I don't know. Brian probably knows. I'm sure he maybe he wrote this one. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, you got to got to take me out of there. Nobody <laughs> nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see Andy. Andy messages. don't care anymore. Andy doesn't care anymore. I got a lot of things going on over here, man. Uh, well, I know you do, and I apologize. So is, <laughs> we, is Brian already on? He's uh he's here. He's oh he's ready to go. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, well screw it then. I'm gonna we'll do a quick break. Make sure everything's all right. We'll be right back with uh, Brian Erlacher. Everybody. We'll be, we'll see you in a second. Sponsors of how valid is the validity? Audison amplifiers. Feel it. Hertz. Marine and car audio. Hear what you've been missing. Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Aurora Nutrisigns True Liposymol Supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Cartronics. Customize your ride. Sony Mobile Car Audio 2.0. Modern Media Geeks. Be found. Be relevant. Be on point. Chris Weaver Band Live and Streaming Entertainment. How Valid is the Validity? Wednesday nights, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. be a part of the show call us at 808-707-8108 that's 808-707-8108 or you can email your thoughts to weaver at hvvcast.com
Michael. Joe, this was perfect timing. It's like he was born for this position. Madeline is the long stopper, and they fake it. And it's Maynard, the holder, and he fires the pass, and it's caught for the touchdown. Outside the 23, second down, 13, good block by Robinson Randall, and it's intercepted. Brian Urlacher makes the fifth. Pass is intercepted by that guy, Brian Urlacher. That one guy. Urlacher being chased by Cole Pepper, and that's Brian Urlacher, who's done everything today. You know, Chicago Bears, we have more Hall of Famers than than any team in the National Football League. Brian will be another one that will be in that class. Everybody with us tonight, really happy to have him here, uh, NFL uh, Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Yes, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Chris. Nice seeing you again. And always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And 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 I tell you, I, I, all day I was wondering how do I how do I start this interview? And so I'm just going to ask, what was it like uh, touching a ball uh, that was touched by uh, Tom Brady? How did it feel to to clutch that into your arms? Was it amazing? Well, so back then he wasn't really Tom Brady. I think that was 2002, and he and I were drafted in the same class. So that was the year after they won this, his first Super Bowl. But uh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like touching another football, I guess. Else, <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving yeah, you a hard I know time. You are. So, I, I guess the first thing I want to I, I want to go over is uh, your brother told me that you played golf last week uh, with somebody else that people might know, and that you were the you were the big winner of that of, of those games. Was that? Oh, you talking about a Jordan's place? Last yeah, week? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't play in Jordan's group. I, we played behind Michael. Michael has his own group, and he goes ahead and plays, but. uh in my group, I did okay. Yeah, I didn't lose, so that's a. I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a big winner, but I I didn't lose, so that's a good thing. Right. So is that is that what you've been doing? I know I know you play golf and and, and all that kind of yeah. thing, and 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 is that what you've been doing with your time? And is mostly just golfing and uh, and fishing, right? I mean, that's a big part yeah. of. Love, love fishing, you know that. Um, yeah, you know my kids. When I'm not hanging out with the kids or running them around, I'm an, also a professional Uber driver who doesn't get paid <laughs> uh, for now until they can drive. Uh, but I mountain bike, try to mountain bike every day. And then in Arizona, the weather's perfect. You know, play golf some days. And then when we're in Florida, we fish. So those are my three things that I really enjoy doing. So the, the, as far as the fishing goes, uh, do you, when you get to fish, because I know, you know, some of the folks you go down there with, it's it's a party. I, I get that. Yeah. But I mean, what, what what is what is your, what is the major fish that you like? You like the big fish? Is it all about just fishing in general? What it, what what is it that you guys do down there? Every, all the fish are great. You know, I, I like catching the big ones, but the quantity is always good too. You know, we get off, we'll get 80, 90 miles offshore and you just catch whatever bites your hook. You know, you may start out with a snapper, end up with a grouper. It just depends on what you get in the boat. <laughs> but uh, man, shit, we're on, we're on fish the whole time we're out there. My arms are tired when we get back to shore and we have a, a, a box full of fish. You know, it's amazing. Our captains are great. Stevie and Jared do a great job. And the month we have fun, man. We go offshore. We turn the music up. Yeah. We, uh, our phones don't work, which I really love. No <laughs> phones out there, and the music is on, and we eat and drink and have a good time. What What is the uh, What is the weirdest? It, it, maybe you haven't had any experiences with this, but I mean, so that far off. I mean, do you not see some weird, weird oh. fish? Weird anything? Just yeah, so the fish are there, there are some weird ass fish in the ocean. But we saw a bale of weed one day. Like a bale of um, <laughs> like weed, it was floating in the ocean. I was like, "What? Hey, what is that, man?" And we went over there and we picked it up, and it was a, a busted up a bundle. I don't know what they call them, of weed that I'm assuming didn't get picked up by somebody who was supposed to get it. It had some fish around it, so we were catching some mahi mahi <laughs> right off the, uh, the bundle. It was a moving structure. 
and we picked it up, put it in the boat, and uh, we, we threw it away. Right, that's what you tell the police. So the, the yeah, thing it about but I mean, as far as any kind of weird creatures that far out, I mean, that's not n- nothing like that, though, huh? Yeah, we see some weird shit. I mean, there's um, <laughs> we saw a, tig- a tiger shark eat a, a grouper, a 200 pound grouper one time. Um, you know, we try and spend the night out there. Sometimes we think we're cool and spend the night, and you know, we lay down. Oh my god! And you got fish jumping all around the boat. There's just it's stressful, but. I don't know. I mean, it's not weird to me, I guess. The fish I see now are pretty normal, so it's just, I guess, I'm used to it. Is there any, is there any and, and I like staying on this because, you know, we didn't talk about fishing the whole time we were down there with you, but is there any, are there any, yeah, we'll call it busy. We'll call it busy. Yeah. Uh, to keep myself off the ground. It, what, what was, what is the biggest fish you've ever caught? We caught a Goliath group where there was like 450 pounds. You can't you can't tell how much they weigh because you can't get them in the boat because they're too big and they're illegal to put them in the boat too. But we caught a Goliath group where they had to be 450, 500 pounds. It was eight and a half, nine feet long. Um, it was huge. Um, we catch That's those all insane. the time. Not that big, but we catch a grouper um, all, all the time that big. Grouper? I, did, I I never even heard of a, a 450 pound grouper. That's insane. They're called sandwich. Goliath grouper because they're they're huge, man. They're everywhere. They're on every wreck you go to um they're endangered uh oh really yeah they're they're everywhere you you can't you can't go anywhere without catching them but they put them on the endangered list so uh i guess like 25 years ago they were getting pretty low and uh now they've made a comeback that's for damn sure because you can't go anywhere without catching one of them that's insane and can you eat that fish because i mean usually stuff like that 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 you can it's just illegal to keep them i mean you you can do it illegally i guess chris but it's not you know you may you may face a big fine for doing it but it's grouper you know it tastes i'm assuming it tastes like most other grouper, I don't know. The big ones probably don't taste very good. Are they protected in some sort of way? Like, why Why is that illegal? Is it just they're running out of them? Good question. Yeah, I guess they were, like I said, they were endangered um, like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. They were catching them, you know, cleaning them out. And then they got, uh, the numbers got low, so they put them on the protected list. And now they're they're definitely making a comeback because they're everywhere. We catch 15, 20 every time we go out. Holy Moses. Jeez. But not that yeah. big, right? That's, that's not that big. No, no. We catch the smaller ones. They're, you know. 25 to 200 pounds not a not as big as the big boy that's awesome you guys are always out on that badass boat that one you guys oh my god that's always yes. the, the yeah. one you always that yeah yeah that thing's mean man it is, what's we it called cover so much ground you know we can run 55 60 miles an hour and, and just covers you know a lot of people are like why do you go out so far i'm like well the further out you can. go the bigger stuff you get and the more the different species more uh, species of fish out there plus you probably don't you're not around a bunch of people at that that distance right you're exactly right. Yeah, There's there nobody you go. out there. You yep. know, if it gets a little bit rough, there's especially not going to be anybody out there. Well, I tell you, it's it's uh for me this experience uh, talking to you is is cool for numerous reasons. But one thing is, uh, I very rarely in my life have I ever got to talk to somebody that I had their card, their football card. That that's uh, oh. that's a pretty neat. <laughs> Did you, when you, when you, that's cool. when, when you're looking, when you look back at, you know, over your career and is, and especially now, since, you know, you're, you're kind of been a few years out of it, how much I know I, I some of the interviews I saw, even in 2016, you kind of said that, you know, you, you really were happy not being back in football or, or what didn't want to think about going back and all that kind of thing. Do you still feel that way now at, at you know, in 2021? For sure. Yeah, even more so now. You know, I'm older now. I'm 42 now. Uh, I enjoy watching football, especially college and, and high school. My son plays high school, so I enjoy watching those. But it's just the game's so different now. And, um, you know, my more physically, I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. My body was, was done when I, when I retired. Yeah. And I'm glad I did 
retired when I did. Uh, Coach Smith was gone, didn't want to play for anybody else. But yeah, I, I just, I, it ended the way it should have for me. I, obviously, I wish I could have won a Super Bowl. Didn't happen. It wasn't in the cards for me. But I was happy with the way I played and uh, the teammate I was. And, the, and just being around the game that long was a blast. You know, it's really surprising. The you know, I saw and I I, I noticed this watching replays of you, but you played a, a kind of a different that middle linebacker safety thing. Was that and it looked like that somebody you know that they kind of built that around you because you you intercepted the ball a lot and had touchdowns. I mean, that's not a normal. Well, we we played. I was a middle line, not a safety. You know, our cover two. I would run down the middle a bunch, so I was probably as deep as a safety sometimes, which was annoying. But <laughs> you know. We, our coaches used me. And my, I'm six four, which I'm tall. A yeah. tall guy in the middle of the field is hard to get, get the ball over top of me. Uh, but our coaches put me in good spots. I'll tell you that much. I was always around the ball. Uh, good schemes. You know, they protected me pretty well as a D line. So I was very fortunate to be around some really good coaches and some really good players in my career. My God, and 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 you know, one thing that we're, we're friends here with Clint Boyer with the race car stuff, oh, yeah. and 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 yeah. you know, I asked him when COVID started. Uh, about the impact of nobody being in the stands uh, to race car drivers, and 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 even he was like, "Yeah, it's 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 it sucks, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, t- t- it's an interesting question. I mean, you you've been play you've played in some of the biggest crowds. I mean, you you are always in front of a crowd. Your career, you know, this last year was obviously weird for everybody. Yeah. What where do you think the impact and how do you look at the impact of the NFL th- this year? Do you think it changed the way teams played? And also, who won some games? And, and, and a thousand percent. The home field advantage is such a big deal in the NFL, especially like your offense. You know, when, when you have a, a defense, or when your offense has got the, the visiting team has third down and, and the, the crowd's cheering, they can't audible, they can't, you know, the snap count is screwed up. It's a big deal. And at Soldier Field, especially when, when teams oh, yeah. had a third and long, man, we knew it on defense when, when the ball was going to be snapped because they couldn't audible. You know, they couldn't change the call because it was too loud. So I know it plays into their favor there. And I think just the momentum of having the crowd on your side, you know, you, you feel that. You feel that energy from the crowd when you're playing well. You also feel it when you're playing bad. <laughs> you know what it's going to when, not, when things aren't going your way. But I definitely think that it's, it's swayed some games uh, in a direction, different directions here than it would have done normally. I mean, that's got to make you feel even better for not being in the NFL right now. Uh, just well, Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad. I, this year would have been tough. The last couple of years have been uh, have been tough. I've kind of swayed away from watching the games, actually. It's just it's been tough to watch the last couple of years. See, one thing for me, it, it would definitely affect you. But for me, I'm so used to not playing in front of anybody that it would not. This is just like I've, I've been. I've had COVID for most of my career. I, yeah, I've been playing for COVID crowds. Ahead of your time, man. How far ahead of your times you were. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, you were talking about how the game changed a whole lot. Uh, do you see that with like physicality and like the way guys are built nowadays? Like, how do you feel? This is kind of an NBA question. A lot of guys get asked too. Like the games change. How would you do at your best? Oh, yeah. How do you feel how you would perform in today's NFL at your best? I don't think it'd be much different for me. Honestly, you know, I, I was, I could still run at my best. I could run with pretty much any way they can run now. You know, I was, I was never a really slow guy. I was big enough to play uh, in the middle there. So I don't think it would affect me as much. Maybe just um, changing your launch angle when you tackle guys, because you, the penalties are a big deal. You know, 15-yard penalty for hitting a guy in the neck or area or for maybe grazing a quarterback as you run by him with your shoulder pad on accident. You can get 300 yards for that. Um, just, you know, anything that has to do with hitting the quarterback, I think, would be a hard yeah. to, to change because now if you hit him low, no matter if you're throwing him to him, 
you guys, you guys can tell I'm getting pissed off because I'm getting. <laughs> but, um, you know, anytime you get around the quarterback, it's a penalty. So it's frustrating to watch, but that's, you know, that's the way the game is now. You got to be, be mindful of that. So, I mean, it, it does the, the, do, do the, the, uh, the ability for coaches to throw the red flag now. And, and, you know, you, you see a lot of calls that, uh, judges make the sideline judges and all that kind of thing make and they're not right and and you know when you played you had to deal with that a lot right i mean that was also a part of the game was it wasn't it this it was but not as much as it is now you know they they review everything now you know unless it's a big holding penalty or a big uh pass interference they won't review that because that's not a big deal yeah but you know they'll review the the um the almost fumbles or the incomplete passes or whatever they want it's just it's just i feel like they just review what they want to review and the important shit they let go it's, it's very frustrating to watch that's that's a shame and that, that's gotta that, that's gotta be tough i i you know one thing i i you know you got all this experience in, in your hall of fame and you've done all these types of things and to stay out of the game completely i get i guess is that you know a lot of people that retire you know you're you're in a little bit different ball game in that regard but i mean what what do you see yourself making any football or help you know coaching somewhere or, or yeah. is that something that inter- inter- interests yeah, I've, I've talked about that with some people i just don't i'm not patient you know i, I don't have the patience to deal uh with a lot of things and i'm like i said i'm enjoying my kids right now and people don't much time those coaches but in, during season they work 90 95 hours a week so they really see their families during season uh they're always in the office doing stuff so i don't see myself wanting to do that right now maybe down the line i'll, I'll miss it but and I was never a guy who liked watching film anyway. And then coaches watch, you know, eight, 10 hours of film a day. And I, I hated watching film. I don't want to break down film. I didn't do it when I played. So why would I want to do it for somebody else? But I, uh, I enjoy watching. And that's, uh, that's about as far as I get right now with football. That being said, you know, in 2000, I mean, the play, the, obviously all the players were different. What, what were some of the players uh, on the offensive side of the ball that you – that you just felt like you needed to watch tape or they were hard. I mean, the quarter, like, because I, that's one thing I never understood when you, especially the middle, middle of the field, you know, what, what were some of the quarterbacks back then that you, every time you played them, you know, you had to, it, it was a little bit more, the game had to be a little more stepped up. I mean, who, who were those people for you? That's, yeah. Sure. Brett Favre was in our division. Uh, obviously he's in the hall of fame, played Peyton uh, every three or four years. We played the, the, the Colts. Uh, Drew Brees was coming up right around that time as well. Yeah, and Tom was like I said, Tom was in my class, so he was pretty good. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we didn't know how good he was going to be back then. Uh, there's, I mean, they're all the thing is they're all good quarterbacks. You know, you have to watch film and try and get tendencies. But there's only a certain amount of plays they can run out of each formation. You know, yeah. the, my thing was when I was young is I watched so much film, I would start guessing during the game. I'd see a formation like, oh, here comes this play, and then get out there and be like, oh, it's not that play, and I'd be step behind. So. I just figured that I was better off reacting to what I saw and quit trying to guess what, what's going to be uh, random. I have an idea of what's going on, but I was better off at reacting to what I saw. Is it hard for you not to t- talk to to give your son pointers every time you guys are talking about, or you know what I'm saying? Like, is it because I'm sure you know what I mean? Like, I'm so, sure he's tired of listening to it. Yeah, well, he finally turned the corner and wants to listen to me now a little bit, but oh, a couple good. years ago, I could have been the dumbest person ever. <laughs> to football. So, you know, my man. I, question or i'd talk to him something he'd be like you don't know what you're talking about. he just look at me like i'm an idiot i'm like okay you're right man. I don't know talking about football. You, you're right dude but now now we can have some conversations about coverage he plays corner uh, he started last year on varsity as a freshman at corner he's not gonna be a corner much longer because he's gonna be too big right but he would ask me questions about leverage um 
the coverages and I, that's the stuff that I want to hear him asking me about because that means he's getting it. He understands what he's supposed to be doing and he wants to get better at just more knowledgeable about the game, which is, I appreciate that. So that being said, your son's going into football and, and you, you, you are where you are now. Your body is where it is now. How do you feel about him playing football, knowing that if he sticks with it, that he's going to feel like, are you a little worried about it? Or? Get beat up? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not as bad. Like we just said, it's not, it doesn't seem yeah. to be as bad, but I mean, is that not a concern to you? No, it's not. You know, football is a great game. You know, it taught me so many things. It's given me everything I have, honestly. You know, uh, it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing to learn from. Um, but I told him, I said, look, dude, if you play, you're, it's not a matter of when you get hurt. It's just a question of how bad. And uh, two months ago, he uh, he's playing seven on seven. He got dislocated his kneecap. So he's doing rehab for that right now. We're almost He's almost done. And he'll be 100 percent in a couple of weeks. But it's just a matter of when and how bad you get hurt. You know, hopefully they keep advancing the um, the helmets and stuff so the kids don't get as many concussions. Sure. But it's going to happen. If you play football, it's going to happen. But it's such a great game. I, I would never not want him to play because of that, because there's a chance he could get hurt. He knows that, and he really enjoys playing, so that's a good thing. All right. So what I know, these, I, I hate to ask this. It's so freaking generic. But, man, watching you play is, is such an in, interesting ball game. What, what were some of the moments, you know, I guess one thing and that I've talked to, like even Clint, about sometimes when you get into a, a situation, I mean, athletes at your level, for instance, there's these moments, like Michael Jordan talks about how big the basket seems to him and, and things of that nature. When you got yeah. on that field, when you were in the zone, what what was that for you? What was the yeah, zone? Just, yeah. You, for, for me, and in football players, I think defensively, it's – you know exactly where you're supposed to go every single play. You know, like we have gaps, we have coverage responsibilities, we have to be certain places. We're relying on our teammates to be in their spots as well. So as long as we're on our spots, we're good. But man, like when the ball snapped, sometimes you your instincts tell you where the ball's going, and you're still guessing if, if it's not going there. But you just had a feeling this play was going to happen, and that play would happen. You know, there's there's only been a few times in my career why I, um, I could feel what play was coming. Um, and you guess right, you know, you run through your gap or you, you, you know, you, you bait a quarterback into a throw you probably wouldn't have made normally, but it's just, it's, it's hard to get to in defense because you're, what we do is dictated by the offense. You know, we yeah. have to react to what they do, but there are some certain cases where you, you know, what plays coming. I mean, you don't know, but you know what play is going to be right next and you, and you make the play. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, in football, especially, you know, the, the fact that you could get hurt on any play, and you can't think about it. I mean, right? It's just not something that oh, yeah. comes into your head it's at all. Part, it's part of the game. If you think about it, you're probably going to get hurt. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like most guys got get hurt when they're not playing full speed. I feel like if you run to the football and you play full speed, good things will happen. You're going to get hurt. There's going to be fluke injuries. And it happened to me as well. But um, this run to the football, I, I feel like when I wasn't playing full speed, that's when most of the time stupid injuries happen. So how how prevalent is that with NFL players in general when they get you know Ryan Sazier is is very extreme yeah. but something on that yeah. on that level if if he if he didn't get hurt as bad but but just got hurt in that way if he came back and I'm sure you've had play, you, you know teammates and all that kind of thing when he comes back is are you ever right again Well so I had neck surgery not nothing like what Ryan did now my, I was I just sure. um, I I got a had a uh, pinched nerve in my neck in 2008 but the doctors are so good I think once they tell you you're cleared and you're healthy and you can go back to normal football activities 
I don't think it crosses your mind again, honestly. I, I was never worried to hit anybody after my neck surgery. I wasn't worried that I was going to break my neck or anything. I mean, if you tackle the right way and do things the right way on the football field, you should be protected. There are all those certain instances where you're going to be at a bad angle or this and that, like Ryan was, but it's just that's part of the game, I guess. You know, that's the, that's the risk you take every time you go out there and play. That's, do they teach you guys how to fall? Is that something that that you guys? Because I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not kidding. Like you, you, you intercepted a ball. I saw one play where you intercepted a ball, and you're you're freaking flying. And you, it honestly, when you run down the field and there's nobody around you, it looks like what I would think a Sasquatch in the woods looks like. I mean, you're freaking huge, right? But this guy, you're you're running full speed. There's a guy behind you. You don't see him. He grabs your legs, and you come mm-hmm. down. I mean. Is there a way to fall or no? If that's they, not even. If they taught us how to fall, I miss that day. <laughs> I feel like I always got tackled awkwardly when I, when I did catch the ball or have the ball in my hands. When I did get tackled, it was like one guy tripping up my toe or my shoestring. Or I, I was such a sissy when I got the ball in my hands because all I wanted to do was keep possession of the football. I didn't want to fumble the football back to the offense. So I was not I was not mad when I got tackled. But watching the film afterwards, I always pissed off because. I just got tackled so easily. That's insane. I mean, it is insane. I mean, when you watch some some of these plays, and that's the other thing too uh, with NFL players. When you guys, when you guys, when you hit somebody and you hit them, and you know that when they're on the ground and you look down, that they probably think they're someplace else, and everybody just yeah. walks away. Right? Is that is that yep. something you have to do too? Because if I was playing, I'd be like trying to help the guy up, asking him if he needs you know insurance or a Kool Aid. <laughs> I mean, Funny because uh, I got a lot of shit for helping guys up after I tackle them. Like some of the oh. bears would, would would say, I shouldn't be helping people up after I hit them. That's not that's not a tough guy. That's not what we do on Bears defense. But I would hit a guy and help him up. I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, I thought I'm still gonna hit him the next play if I get the opportunity. But there's nothing wrong with knocking a guy down and picking him up. I didn't I didn't think that was a big deal. So I got a lot of flack over that uh, from ex ex players early hmm. on in my career. For no kidding. So that's why when 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 there are bad bad hits or whatever, the guy just is like, "Oh, sorry, just uh, you know, punch your ticket. I'll see you on the other side." I mean, some yeah, you know, you. that's see you next play, buddy. <laughs> what's what's something that you got a lot of flack for from either from coaches or from uh, or from uh, teammates? What's what's like a bad habit you had or something? Oh man, uh, well, helping guys up that was a big deal. Not from coaches because you know, I don't think it's a big deal. Honestly, I, if you help a guy up, you go to the next play. If the same play happens again, you hit him again. Um, my big deal is getting off blocks, man. I always had a hard time. Like, so in college I played safety. So I wasn't, I didn't have to get off a lot of blocks. I was free to the ball, but early on in my career in the NFL, I had a hard time getting off blocks. You know, I kind of had some Velcro stuck to my chest a little bit. I would get on alignment and be like, oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't get off. So that was a hard thing for me to, to kind of figure out. I got better at it the, the more I played, but, it's hard when you're going against guys who are 320, 330 pounds. Oh my God! Trying to uh, get rid of them and, and go make a play on the football. I mean, so over the years, I mean, you, you the, the rivalries and stuff after a game. I'm sure you had friendly ones, I, I would assume, yep. and and then yep. you you probably had unfriendly ones. Uh, what what were one on each of the bell curve? What 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 was one on one good friendly one that you had over the over your career, and one that you know every time you got in the ring, it was like I, if this guy gets close to me. I'm going to punch yeah, the ticket. Most of them were friendly. Like you said, you know, we, we had our, our division rivals. We had the Packers, we had the Vikings, we had uh, the Lions in our division, but there, there's guys that I'm not going to mention any names, but there's certain sure. guys that you see that are always on TV yapping about things or this and that. And we watch that, you know, during the week, we watch all that stuff uh, leading up to games. So there are certain players who um, we may have tried to go out a little bit more 
during the game and maybe if we could actually shot on him just because you get tired of hearing him talk shit all week long. You know, <laughs> we, we hear, or not, it may not even be about us, just about just blabbing all week long or all season long. And it just that's just what they do. And so it's nice to maybe get an extra shot or two on them when you, when you get your opportunities. That's insane. I, I mean, you know, what, what do you feel uh, was the best year that you felt – I mean, was it the first it was first couple of years, or did you know as you got progressed and and learned more about the game and felt more comfortable with the game? Did, did it, what year do you feel like that was my? I I never felt better. I everything you know you felt the best. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with our, with your health. You know, during when you're in NFL, you're not after week one. No one's healthy unless you're a quarterback or a kicker. Um, so my second year, I felt like I had a pretty good season. But my well, my sixth and seventh year, uh, the, the, we were. 11 and five and 13 and three those years i um the game was was easy for me i mean i, I don't say that to be cocky. no i get I, it yeah i mean i knew what i was i knew what i was doing i knew what was going on around me uh i could anticipate and those two seasons i felt like i played my best football you know i was i was healthy number one and i was able to be on the field for, for every snap but just man I, I was dialed in i knew what was going on every single play that's all that's freaking awesome you know did you feel do you feel that the nfl season well, let me ask you, this is one question that I don't want to forget. Yeah. Do you think, especially after COVID, do you think that they can get rid of the preseason now? Yes, yes and no. You know, I didn't like preseason, but I, I, it's a necessary evil because there's a lot of guys who, who may not get on film during season. Like you got guys that are going to be on special teams or maybe a backup. And every snap you get on film in the NFL, whether it's preseason or regular season, is filmed for you for another team. So it may, it may create a job opportunity for you somewhere else. So um, wow, I think okay. two would be plenty. I, I don't like preseason. You know, I don't like guys getting hurt preseason, but I, I think they're necessary. Just, be, just two games would be enough. You can get some guys on film, but you got to fill your rosters out with guys you know that you can trust. So, and in the, the fewer games they have, the more that those guys would play as well. So I just think the more film you have on everybody, the better off it is for your team. Do you feel like uh, sometimes those guys have something to prove and uh, they feel like they have something to prove and that can get them into injuries? Uh, no, you know, injuries are going to happen no matter what. I don't yeah. know that trying harder or that proving something's going to get you hurt. It's just, I mean, injuries are flukes sometimes. Sometimes, you know, like when these guys tear their Achilles for no reason, you know, they they play three quarters and then the fourth quarter, they, they take the same step they've taken 20 times in the game and they blow their Achilles. You just mm-hmm. don't know when it's going to happen. So I don't think, you know, there are some cheap shots, I think, that happen sometimes that create injuries, but for the most part, they're just going to happen, and that's the way it is. Mm. I think Chad has a question. Yeah, so, Brian, you're a guy that's that's gone through the, the combine process and everything, right? Um, yep. How much do you think it's going to affect the draft not being able to have the combine this year? And and how much as a, yeah, as that, a team guy you know, does that affect? It, it's hard for the guys who um, – who aren't really well known because when you go to the combine, there's every GM, every head coach, every position coach, they're all there watching you. They, they go to watch all these guys and now they're not going to have all those eyes on them. So it's going to be harder, I guess, to get noticed or, or maybe show what you can do. Uh, I was for same with, with me, you know, at the con- I, I was from the university of New Mexico. So going to the combine was a big deal for me because I got to see every head coach, every, like I said, every GM, every position coach, where you normally don't get that opportunity because they don't come to your school. So it's going to be different in that aspect. But, you know, if you're a good football player, they usually find you. They'll go out there, they watch film, um, and, and they'll get their eyes on you somehow. You feel like your Bears are going to draft a quarterback or are they going to stay with Trubisky? Well, they need a quarterback. I, don't, I mean, so let me, I'm a Mitch guy. I like Mitch. I know he's not under contract right now. Uh, my favorite types of quarterbacks are guys that win. 
<laughs> what I've seen from Mitch, you know, the numbers may not be great, but the number that I'm really concerned about, the winning, he does that. You know, I think last year he was 3-0. and They pulled him and started the other guy, and then they put him back in. And I think he was 6-2 or two and 6-3 and three last year, and his career record is it's over 500. So I'm a big fan of guys that win games, and he does that. Can you and and you kind of mentioned it said it earlier, but I know as as like a musician, for instance, if watching another band play, sometimes I I feel like I've taken the fun out of music by turning music into a business, so to speak. And and it, you know, is it one is one thing uh, not so much the 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 penalties and the reviews and stuff, but is it hard for you to watch a football game, an NFL football game, without just sitting there critiquing everything? Is that a, it, you, you I don't go critique the, the players? Um, I, I I enjoy the players, you know I. I know when I played, I hated being critiqued by guys who either never played the game or, you know, they were, they were experts, but really never did anything to contribute to football. So, uh, but I'm not critiquing the players, but just there's so many things around the game revolves around the game right now that's going on, not just football wise, but you know, in our country, it, it's just tough to watch the games and everything that's going on yeah. uh, in those stadiums or with, especially with no fans. It's just weird to watch because there's no fans cheering. Yeah. Um, the inflection of noise that the, the teams pump in there. Um, it, it's just different. Have you been to a game where that where they were pumping the stuff in? Have you heard? Oh, you... Yes, hell yeah! I think Atlanta does that. <laughs> I think New Orleans does it. I think so. I think all the dome teams pump noise in there because there's no way you could like the um what's what's the name of the place where New Orleans plays? That place is so loud. Uh, the Metro Dome where the Vikings the same way. Yeah, and Atlanta's loud. I feel like they all used to pump noise in there on, on third they, down or didn't something. Didn't they like find people for that stuff? Oh, you're saying while while there were people in the crowd, they were pumping noise yeah. into it. Ah, oh, yeah. they find people yeah, for I that. They just they turn this. The, they put in because uh, we would practice with speakers in, uh, on our uh, during the week, and they would turn the the crowd noise up so the offense would practice with with, with noise. Uh, why wouldn't they do that during the game? Just put the the visiting or the home team. Pump some more noise in it so that it's louder for the offense. Oh my God! So, yeah, but that was against the, the Andy's right. They they ended up finding teams that did that, right? I mean that that was a thing well, for a did. minute. Well, yeah, they, they did it. See, like I, I mean, you know, five or six, it was five or six bucks. Nothing. I mean, not as much as you win at a, a card game, but I mean, still pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, if they're like the Patriots, they just keep paying the fines. They don't care. I mean, you know, so that because that that to me is interesting, especially. You know, and here, here's my thing. You come, you come from New Mexico, which a lot of people don't know that's a state until and until somebody tells them. And so, you know, how, right. how, I know, and 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 I love that state just for the sheer fact that I'm from West Virginia. It's kind of similar. You know, you oh, wide open spaces. You can live with without a hundred miles within some you know people. How did you? This is something that I'm sure people. You know, I, I come from a small town, and you feel like I'm never going to be able to get out of here. I mean. Was football a way out for you, or, or I mean, like, how did you decide? Yeah, was that it? That's exactly what. That's exactly what it was, Chris. So we, um, I grew up um, in an oil field town. There was eight thousand, nine thousand people in my hometown. Lived in New Mexico, and everything was revolved around the oil field. My dad worked in the oil field. Everyone we knew worked in the oil field. So if I didn't play football or get a scholarship, I was probably never going to leave Lovington. You know, I, um, I had one offer to go to go to University of New Mexico. Obviously, I took it, um, but. Yeah, that, that was definitely – that's not why I played football. It was to get out of Lovington. I, I played because I love playing football. But it just so happened to work out for me that I got out of there and went to Albuquerque and then was able to keep playing in the NFL. But um, not a lot of people when – you, when you're when you born there and you're, you're raised there, most yeah. people stay there. Yeah, I, I know that know that feeling. Yep, and so town, man. I, here, here's a question that you probably get asked all the time. Why did you pick the degree that you picked <laughs> at school? Criminology? Yeah. 
So well, I didn't graduate number one, but I wanted to go to the FBI. When, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't go to school thinking, oh, I'm gonna be in the NFL. I'm gonna play 13 years. I'm gonna be a first round pick. That's not why I went to school. I went to school because I was gonna, you know, try and get an education. I, I, luckily, I was got better at football, but. I wanted to be in the FBI, man. And I thought that um, you had to have a criminology degree to go there. You didn't, I, you know, looking once I figured out, once I got there, I figured out quickly you didn't have to have a, a degree in criminology, but I thought that was the best way to go about it was to be in criminology and uh, do that. So Brian Erlacher had another idea that if that football didn't work out, you were going to be a man in black, a Columbo, something was Something where you could kick the shit out of anybody that gave you any lip. Should have got an accounting. That was it, man. I was going to be a guy that beat people up and track down bad guys, stuff like that. That's my stuff always was cool to me when I was a kid. I, I always looked up to the people like, you know, you watch TV and all that shit on, and all the, the, how cool the FBI is and, and the police. So I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be along those lines when I, when I grew up. It's so, not that fun. Well, I, well <laughs> so how big of an influence because we're born you were born a year after me and i just i just i asked this of everybody that's about this age both of us right right both of how big of an influence was david hasselhoff on you (laughs) 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 no i see i want to know i mean did did the hoff i mean i'll tell you who influenced me was pamela anderson (laughs) um maybe some more names from there i wasn't the hoff wasn't really my thing but the women on that show I, uh, well, no, I like but I mean, you, you had a team and Knight Rider and I mean, that was, you know, I mean, that was, you know, I'm, it, that was David Hasselhoff was, had to be, I hope. I mean, he was cool. You know, I mean, he, I mean, even Knight Rider was a little bit before me, I think. I don't remember watching that as a kid. Um, but I remember watching Baywatch for the answer. <laughs> I just told you. Yeah. I mean, he makes, uh, yeah. he makes $4 million a year off of the replays of that. So, I mean, you know, the guy, didn't, the, Hey, boobs, boobs and stuff. So good for him. That's, that's awesome. Unbelievable. Man. I, 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 uh, I, when I read that, I was like, I, I don't even, I don't even want to talk to him anymore. I hope he stays in Germany and never comes back. So, uh, speaking of which was, you know, if obviously you couldn't play soccer because there wouldn't have been a player left on the field, you would have, they, they would have. Red card you for, until you until you didn't oh, play anymore. You touch somebody in soccer and they fall down like a single. <laughs> was soccer ever anything? That wasn't ever a thing, right? I mean, you were close no, to the no, border. We didn't, that, we didn't even have a, like a soccer league where I grew up. Like uh, like kids soccer, nothing. Not when I was a kid, it wasn't even an option. So no. But you played basketball. Oh yeah, I played. I thought I was going to be better at basketball than I was at football. So um, if you gave me a choice, I'd rather play basketball over football when I was younger. Is that something when you really became the athlete that you were? I mean, that you, do you feel that maybe you could have done both or you could have done either or? I mean, no, wasn't feeling it? No, I, I, was, I was built for football. You know, my body, once I started putting on weight in college, um, I knew football was going to be the way to go for me. I, I enjoyed basketball. It was fun. You know, we get out there. Even in college, I played pickup. We go in the offseason and play pickup games with Johnson and Jim, but I knew football was my thing. What was the most, you know, as far as the body, how I'm sure you've pushed yourself to the, to the limit. I mean, in, in that regard, what was the most you've ever bench pressed? What, what's, what's the most you ever lifted? You mean like one rep? Nah, well, yeah, one rep. I mean, I'm sure you guys are in the, 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 the weight yeah. room and being all sweaty like you guys get sometimes <laughs> and you're, and you're just there and you're like, ah, I'm broader yeah. like, huh? yeah, so I, the, the, I guess at the combine I did uh 225, 27 times. That's, so whatever that comes out to, you know, I, and, and then I think my sophomore, junior, I bench pressed 385, which is not good actually for a guy my size. It wasn't that good, but I was more of an endurance guy. Now my legs is where I, my, I excelled. I uh, upper body wasn't really my thing, but 
I could power clean and squat with the rest of them. Golly. I mean, uh, you are an immense human being. It, it is, uh, you know, it's one thing watching you play cards, but uh, my God. The, the... Hey, how good of a dealer am I, though? Seriously. Am I a great dealer or what? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, Andy was talking about it earlier. You show the cards to somebody, and they, and you still win. You'd show me your hand yeah. and somehow still take my money. Well, I was telling you because I was trying to make you double down just so you have a better chance to win. Yeah, but yeah. Then somehow you still lost. Yeah, that's Eddie's money anyway. I didn't give a shit. You know, yeah, Eddie was there. Eddie's terrible too. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a big gamer as far as not football, but I mean, you know, uh, I, I the Wheel of Fortune thing was very interesting to me. That's fun. I, I mean, yeah. I always had questions about what it's like to be on a field and that kind of thing. But, I mean, you know, those two are still going at it. It looks like Tales of the Crypt now when Vanner White walks out on stage. <laughs> but, but, it's got to be 40 years they've been on that show. Yeah, 40, 40 years. It's exactly right. 40 years. 40 years. And it's still Vanna and it's still Pat. And it, Weekend at Bernie's and Tales of the Crypt. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and he's, he was also on the, uh, the, the Sega cover, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's a, that's another question I want to ask, but I I do want to know what is it like you play in front of people sixty thousand, eighty thousand, six hundred and eighty thousand people at a time. My my question yeah. to you is, what is it like to be by yourself in front of a, a studio audience, knowing that millions of people are watching you? I mean, did you what, did that freak you out, or were you just no big that's deal? That's why I'm the most uncomfortable right there. When you put me in a situation. So for football, I knew what I was doing on the field. You know, I had my helmet on. You, you really couldn't see me. And I knew what I was doing. But you put me in front of a lot of people, it makes me very uncomfortable when I have to speak or, you know, what my Hall of Fame speech was stressful as hell going up there in front of everybody talking and everyone's looking at you. Uh, I don't like that. That's my least favorite thing to do is get up in front of uh, a bunch of people that I don't really know or even worse is people that I know because I know they're judging me and they're going to be telling me about it later. <laughs> like Eddie and my boys and my brother and my uncles. You know, if you say something wrong, they're gonna let you know about it later. Yeah, but those are the people you can't hit. But everybody else is not gonna say a word. And <laughs> and luckily on this show, you don't have to worry about talking to a lot of people at one time. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> I, Even better. I, I think my I, this this is more of a sample size audience that I, I we talk in front of. Um, that being said, you know what are what, you know one thing that you, you know now that your NFL career is over and the thing that you were really born to do. What? How do you? You know, you still got. 25 years of of life here i mean is there is there Hope any so. well no I, I mean in the sense of working and really maybe doing something else for another like doing something yeah you know i mean like what is, is that something that you've figured out yet or you're working on or there's something you really love you want to do fishing boat tours whatever no oh, man i just i don't know I, yeah. i'm enjoying myself right now like i mean in three or four years when my kids are all in college or my oldest will be out of college, maybe I'll change my mind then because I'll be probably bored as hell. Yeah. I don't have to run them around and, and go to their games and stuff. But right now I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You know, I'm mountain biking or riding my bike on the road every day, uh, golfing here in Arizona. And then when I can, we go fishing, but I'm enjoying myself right now. We don't, my, my best friend and I own a landscape company here in Arizona. I don't do shit. He runs the whole thing, but um, <laughs> if I wanted to go mow some yards, I could go mow some yards. You know, if I got too bored. So, you know, what is the most interesting job? I, you know, I, I know you've done commercials. Well, I guess we, I guess we better hit this other thing first. A big thing about okay. the NFL and, and, and EA sports and all that kind of thing was being on the cover of, of games seemed to plague players. Uh, was that something that, that, that you, that you felt like you had an issue with is when you were on the cover of a, of a, of an NFL game that it kind of tweaked you a little bit. Oh man. That was like, that was like what Sega, like 2003 or 2002. 2002. 
I think it was it was pre-curse. Now that it's the Madden curse, now I think so. So it, it, it didn't. I don't think I had a bad season after I was on the um, the front there. I don't. I don't. I never. I didn't think about it. I know that much when I played. You know, if they ask you to be on the front of a game, you're like, hell yeah, I'll do it. So, uh, <laughs> that was my response. I never worried about the curse or anything like that. But I, I've heard now and the players on the front and what they do the following season. You know, but. I wasn't worried about. It. I was happy as hell to be on the front of that thing. That's that's what is there is there any point in 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 your career where you, you know, being being present in a person's life is very hard. It's very hard to be present. You're either thinking about the past or, or thinking about the future. Yeah. W- do you remember any time when you when you just were like, God, I'm, I I am know where I'm at right now. I am in the NFL or I'm out of it. Whatever the case is, the Hall of Fame. You know, did, were you able to have those moments and really soak it in and and remember it? Yeah. So I think more so when I was done playing, Chris, you know, during, when, I, when I played, my, my, my mindset was get better, get better, get better. That's all I thought about. I never really took a time to see where I was at or, or go back and look at what I'd done. And then I think once the Hall of Fame, all that was over, then I finally sat back. And I was like, wow, look what you did. Look what you're a yeah. part of. Look what you're able to accomplish. I think once you kind of uh, put that behind you and, and kind of come to grips with it, I guess, I was able to to look back and and realize what I'd been a part of and what I did. You know, uh, not to go back on you, but one of our, one of our people that listen to us a lot is actually the the head of the CMO club, which I'd love to get you in front of and talk about that later. But he, he yeah. asked a, he asked a good question here. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, what age should kids be before they, they start to play or tackle on football or play football? I mean, is that, is that a relevant question? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I, I think it, it differs for, for where you live, you know, when I grew up, we couldn't play tackle till we were in eighth grade. Uh, my son played tackle when he was like third and fourth grade. It's different now, but so I think I think the seven on seven is a great thing because there's not a lot of contact involved in seven on seven or flag football, which there's a ton of that right now these days. So I, I would be more inclined to get my kids involved in that, and then maybe tackle seventh, eighth grade. You know, because in high school, uh, uh, freshman, you're gonna have to know how to tackle and yeah. stuff like that. But I would say, God, twelve or thirteen would be a good time to get started learn ball skills and you know concepts playing seven on seven and flag football as well yeah i mean not everybody's going to be like you where you tackle at three or four you know it's it's, it's pretty neat pretty neat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you uh I mean, casey used to tackle each other <laughs> i mean is it is was casey ever you know i mean you guys are all big boys i mean was was playing with it was yeah. playing with him ever going to be an option or was he never in football Casey was good. No, we played. So we were together. Um, so he was a year behind me in school. So we were on the same varsity team my junior and senior year. We won state my senior year. We were undefeated in one state. But Casey ended up playing college football as well. Uh, played a little bit arena football. But, man, we used to go at it um, before we got older. We didn't like each other. We didn't get along. So we competed at everything. You know, everything was a competition. My buddies versus him and his buddies. And we, we used to get after it. That's why we're so competitive. That's awesome. And, and, and so, like, Kate, but Casey – like did he try out for the NFL or did he know he wanted to do something else and moved on? Well, I don't think it's knowing that you want to do something else. I think it's kind of just how it works out. (laughs) That's what I think. I don't think a lot of guys, well, I think I'm going to play in the NFL this year. I'm going to go ahead and do that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not really how it works. Chris. So he he was actually in training camp one year with the bears with us. uh, I want to say Oh, three or four. And it didn't work out. He didn't make it. Uh, And it wasn't his decision. Like, you know what? I'm still going to keep playing. Yeah. So he wouldn't play the arena. And then he got into he got his business degree. He, he's a smart kid. He got his business degree and started doing some stuff along those lines. Yeah, I mean, do you ever you ever just you ever just in a room with him and and you just look at each other and, and you just know that you that you played and he's he's doing business. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, there is not a <laughs> that type of relationship. We're, we're happy for each other. Uh, no, I know. I'm just smart, talking. man. He's the only one uh, out of my sister and I and himself that has a college degree. So, uh, and he got it from a really good college. He went to Lake Forest College. So he's a he's a smart dude. So picking colleges uh, with college football, what you know, what are some of the you know you're looking at your son moving forward with with his college? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. How do you pick a college, especially you? I mean. You know, well, for me, it wasn't very hard. I, I had one offer, so I was like, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, for your son. Yeah, I mean for your for son. Him, I hope it's a lot more difficult. I hope he has a bunch of offers so sure. he can, um, you know, get the experience, take take all the visits, you know, talk to the coaches, uh, maybe see what other players are going to go there, see who's there, who's in front of you at certain positions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, God, we all have teams we like growing up. You know, it'd be, I think it'd be really cool to play for a team that you rooted for growing up as a kid, sure. and I hope he has that opportunity. But, I mean – in the end, it's still going to school and getting a free, you know, hopefully getting your school paid for to go and play football. Sure. So that'd be a great thing if that happens for him. And, and, and that's, that, that's an interesting talking about video games and stuff. Where, where are you, are you standing? I guess they're bringing college football back and they're going to yeah. maybe play, pay players the merchandise stuff. I mean, where, oh, is that I know like no, nice. Notre Dame is that they, they apparently they've not said anything about, they aren't going to, they, they're bringing it back, but they're not going to pay. And Notre Dame said, well, you can't use our stuff if you're not going to pay our kids. Nice. So Good for them. That was a big deal. Man, it makes me so mad because these colleges and the NCAA make so much money off these kids for football, basketball, and a lot of other sports as well. Why? I mean, I just feel like they should be compensated. You got these kids selling their jerseys for 400 bucks. You know, a kid did that a couple of years ago for 400 bucks because probably didn't have any damn money. Yeah. And his scholarship check wasn't much. So he sold a jersey for 400 bucks and get suspended three games for it. I just, you know, these these kids generate so much money for these colleges. They should be taken care of a little bit better than they are. So I mean, do you, if you, so, you're not against the fact that if they wanted to pay these guys salaries, even I mean, that's not. Damn, yeah, I'm all about it. Damn, man, they, they they earn the money. You know, they're putting the time in. They're a product. You know, they're out there. Without these kids, the NCAA isn't going to make the money they're making off of these kids. Right, and so I guess going back to to, to what I was uh, trying to say, as far as you know, you picking a, a school for your or, or helping uh, your son pick a school, are there yeah. not better colleges? You know, that's not necessarily Alabama or these or these uh, these schools that are always yeah. in the big games, but but colleges that are better suited for the NFL. I mean, is that not something that does that matter, or is it just about going to play football where you can go play football? It's not even about going to play football. It's about getting an education. You know, I think yeah. people, everyone thinks that the kid gets a scholarship is going to the NFL. That's not going to happen. There's the percentage of kids that go to the NFL compared to kids who get scholarships is so small. So my my main thing is. Pick a school where you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, you, you may football's great, and you know, that's a that's a good thing too. But you know, whatever degree you want to get, pick a school that's strong in that in that field. If you know where you want to get, some kids don't know. He may not know by then. But right. just go to a school where you're going to enjoy it. The degree you want to get is there, and football is just icing on the cake. You know, and if, if you do get better while you're in college and able to go to the NFL, good deal. But if not, at least you got a great degree. Now, if your son, uh, if your son actually does uh, fall into a situation where he gets paid uh, for college. Uh, paid for football in college are you going to uh, start charging rent and trying to get some of this money back then <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, well you better be living at school then so uh, what you know i i think i think you you do you do vegas do you you because you like to play cards and gamble and stuff yeah. like that is that so, do you do vegas i mean is that is that something or, or a yeah casino? I, I, enjoy go, I, used, I used to enjoy it a lot more when i was younger because i could stay up later and get up earlier and not have to worry about feeling bad but uh it's a lot different when i hit 35 uh 
it changed, man. I, I didn't stay up as late and I didn't get up as early and I didn't feel as good, but I still enjoy going and playing cards and playing golf there and all that good stuff. How serious? I mean, like, see, my thing is this, you have to be a serious person when you, when it's competitive, there's just no, no doubt about it. I mean, at one point in time, even playing, you know, playing cards with you for the short, brief time, I, I saw the look in the eye that where I scooted my chair to the left, right? I was just, I'm gonna move away a little bit because I have a, I have a good hand and this guy could reach me clear across the room. I mean, is are, is it that way for you, or can you can you just can you just play and have fun, or is it when you play cards or golf or whatever it is, it's just competitive. Cards are different than golf because cards you really have no control. You know, if you're playing blackjack, it depends on what you get dealt. You know, obviously you control your bets and how much you bet and when sure. you want to bet, but you really out of, it's, it's you're out of, it's up to the dealer and the cards that you get. But golf, hell yes, I'm competitive. I, I can control what I do on the golf course. Um, I, uh, I feel like I should play better most of the time. But, yeah, when I'm playing golf, I'm really competitive because I want to win. And so, I mean, really, you, you, you know, because you have to play a sport, don't you? I mean, you got to be playing some sort of competitive. That's That's got to be in you. Yeah. I, I enjoy competing at everything, you know, whether it's beating my kids up on the basketball court or you know, whatever it is. I Whatever we're doing, I, I want to win. I still don't let my kids – when we play stuff, I don't let them win. Not yet. Now, when they can beat me – then I'm maybe I'll say, I <laughs> I, uh, whenever we compete or when I'm competing against somebody, I don't let anybody win. I, I want to win in everything. So, I mean, has that point happened uh, yet where your son, you start wrestling around with your son or you play some, you know, football with him or something. And you're like, Oh yeah, this guy could now he's, I'm just going to keep bluffing, keep bluffing. This <laughs> yeah. guy can kick my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for right now, and I'm, I'm six, four, two fifty still. Kennedy, my son is uh five, 10, 170. So I still got him by 80 pounds right now. So I I, uh, I got one up on him there. But he is strong as shit, man. For for a kid his size, he's strong. But uh, there's no letting him win right now. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's awesome. But I mean, there's never been that point yet where you're like, he could get me. He's got me. I, I'm not going to show him, but he's got me. Oh, if we were racing, he would beat my ass because I'd probably pull a muscle before I got 10 hours. <laughs> but, but I'm smarter than that. I don't go full speed. <laughs> but I'm uh, so we were doing these football drills when the when the pandemic first started. We were on the football field over there, and I was trying to jam him just to, you know, give him some simulation of what it'd be like playing corner stuff like that. And uh, there was a few times where my groins weren't uh, as sturdy as they should have been. So I, I don't put myself in those situations if I can avoid it. Do you get a lot of? Uh, I, I, I th- this I'm not. Don't take this wrong, but I'm I just want to know. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but do you get a lot of pe- you know people in the sports world where you guys go to school and stuff that? that maybe, you know, buy your son a car just so they can talk to you or maybe shake your hand. <laughs> is that a thing? I mean, you know what they do, which is, it sucks for him is like, they'll show him videos of me getting ran over or me getting juked and they start making fun of me. I'm like, what was, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, dude, show them some good plays. I didn't believe it or not. There were some good plays. <laughs> you guys show both of them on my intro. So, um, you know, <laughs> some good plays, bro. But it, it's, I think he gets more flack for me and my son because, you know, I hate to say, but there may be a little jealousy there yeah. going on with, you know, that's good. Though. Not, not jealous of me, but jealous of him. Or so, I mean, but I feel bad for him because sometimes he gets put in situations he shouldn't be in, but you know what? Toughen up and get through it. That's exactly what is it? Button up, Karen, button <laughs> up. up. <laughs> hey, my dad, my dad, my dad's a professor at a college in, in West Virginia. If he wants to go there, it's a state school or a university. I mean, if he, dad can get you in, it's only 500 bucks to dad, to dad. There you go. Uh, so, so I, you know, and jealousy. My dad, my dad, he was so jealous of me. I was, I was such a much better musician than him. Uh, that, that, <laughs> you, Chad, you are you, a good musician, man. Your, your concert is freaking awesome. We had a good time. 
Oh, wait till I, uh, you see the whole group one day. I mean, I mean, you guys oh, yeah, flew us down to Key West and the damn place right. flooded. God, Jesus. I'm so sorry well, about I that. I enjoyed the version we got uh, at Marco that one night. That was a good time. I just want you to know, if you think that uh, all that money you spent uh, to take us to Key West and it, and it flooded and stuff, if you think for one minute that I will do a free show for you anywhere, you are out of your mind. I'm all right? Wrong. It's not yeah. happening. No, as long as you are tied to Eddie Verdoliak, you will never get anything for free for this guy. <laughs> Chad, you you think he's watching right now? Do you think he's like sitting in front of his computer, like just watching his okay. favorite person, Chris he, Weaver, talk? He did. He he um he doesn't he, he doesn't know how to use the computer. I I I got I, I know right now that this guy when he sends out a letter from his law firm, it's on a typewriter. I think I saw it. I think I saw it. <laughs> Tara does everything for him, or his yeah. kids teach him how to use it. Tara, you shouldn't talk to her anymore because she just her her stories and, and things she wants me to ask you is just disturbing. Oh, Love to hear some of those. No, you will not. I will not talk <laughs> to you about dodge, it. Man, I can dodge pretty well. <laughs> well, listen, I just, I, you know, th- this show can get, you know, a little bit interesting on, and you saw my the books I'm, I'm trying to uh, push. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, those are phenomenal, by the way. I want to get some of those online. <laughs> uh, all the things you can't do. What is it? Oh, all yeah. the places will go, uh, not this year because mm. of COVID. Uh, so that being said, and I don't want to get into the COVID thing because I, I know you're very, you have a strong, uh, you know, point on that and, and we don't have to go there. But that, that being said, <laughs> The, the kid's book is an interesting uh, read. I, I, I saw the book and I, I read all of the back cover and it was it was interesting to me about, you know, uh, you know, uh, was this about your life growing up? Really? Yeah. So Sean, Sean Jensen was a guy who was a reporter in Chicago when I was there. He was a writer and he approached me about doing a kid's book. I was like, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What? He goes, we'll just do it about the way you grew up and you'll tell stories. Uh, it's actually he did a good job telling the story because I, I just, we sat down for one night about three hours and we talked and then he wrote the book and that was, uh, that was it. it no was kidding. He actually did it with a couple other guys as well. Uh, Charles Tillman and he did it with somebody else as well. I'm not sure who that guy was, but he, he did a good job. He wrote a few of those books and, and hopefully I, I got some good feedback from the kids that, uh, that read it. So, I mean, is that, that book, you still promote that book or are you promoting, are you trying oh, no, to do no. that was like four, well, maybe five, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, is that yeah. not something that that you would that you got interested in or a bug for? Was maybe doing no. that kind of thing for no. kids or no? No, yeah. no. I, 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 no I don't like kids either, bro. Oh, I, don't like I kids. love kids. No, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got him. I don't want to write any more books or uh, nothing yeah. like that. That's not, that's not my thing. No, I, I I know you like kids. I I was really just talking about myself. I I just oh, okay, good. he tries to get me to give mine away all the time. He's like, what did you, really what, what, what did you want to ask him? What did you want to ask? Oh, I mean. I wanted to ask about kids particularly, like, how do you feel about the kids, uh, these kids who are doing, I mean, essentially are playing football year round. They're doing the, the, I mean, the travel leagues or the, the specializing. Yeah. I mean, like I, I I have a son who was a, who was an eighth grader, who's a quarterback who, and Mm -hmm. literally this, this kid, like he thinks that he has to be somewhere year round constantly. And for me, I'm like, you know, at some point you got to rest. But yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I agree with you. So when I was a kid, we flew, we went from football to basketball to track or baseball, whatever you played in the spring. So now, man, these kids, they get one sport and they just specialize in it. And I, like I try and get my son and my daughters to, to do as many sports as they can. I think it's, it makes them a better athlete, you know. Um, but now, you know, like you said, with football, gosh, they go from tackle to seven on seven to flag football. And they have my son plays seven on seven. They could play every weekend. You know, there's there's tournaments all, all year round. And. I, mean, I, I think it's good um, because it keeps them active, but I just, as a parent, man, it shit gets old. You're driving yeah, every yeah. weekend, you're going somewhere every weekend. It, gives, it makes me respect my parents more because we had, they had three 
of us who played sports at the same time and, and they never missed anything. So, but yeah, I, I guess it's just how, what you want your kids yeah. to do. And, you know, if they don't want to play anything else, then I guess you just let them do what they enjoy doing. And if it's football, it's football. If it's basketball, it's basketball or baseball. But I know baseball is pretty crazy with their travel schedules as well. Yeah. I, I have a, a nephew and literally, I mean, he literally plays every single weekend all across the country and he's eight. Yeah. I mean, see that, 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 that kind of thing to me, I, I don't know. I mean, that, the more you play, the more chance you have to get hurt, and especially if you're not resting yeah, and you have I to. Think they you or, or the more chance you have to get better, age. too. That's well, yeah, that's true. That's true. You have kids. Sorry, that having... going there, Chris. Well, just, you know, I'm, I'm fat, okay? So, I mean. You don't want to burn yourself out doing something either. It, it's, yeah. it's tough. You know, if, if a kid likes enjoy, I mean, if your parents are pushing you to play, that's a different story. But if a kid wants to play, yeah, I, I think you got to let them do it. If they're enjoying it and they're having a good time and they're not getting hurt, let them do it. I just hear about all these kids who are like having Tommy John surgery in high school now because or thirteen, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? whatever. Yeah. Those guys make good pants they're too. Yeah, yeah. Tommy John. <laughs> Chris, Chris is our musical guest. He has. He wanted to ask you a question. What do you? Oh, it's more of like. Hey, it's, hey, hey, man, how you doing? Um, good. I uh, I got more of like rapid fire. I played ball coming up, coming up, and uh, more of so is like this or that. All right, like okay. sack or pick. Pick. All right, safety. Or touchdown? Touchdown. Poker or golf? Golf. Oh, well, that, was good. that was good. That's good. Yeah, that good. I liked it. That was fun. <laughs> you take the most from this guy. Jesus, comedy. I'm over it. I also had the football card, too, not sucking up. But I um, oh. I played ball to, up until college, and I had to leave because my parents – I had a situation at home. But, um, gotcha. But where, I, I, was, I, was a, I was a I, – I, West Alabama. Um, okay. Livingston, um, it, but it it's not a big to school. It was small. Malcolm Butler went there though. He, <laughs> he's a good football player. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's pissing off John Harbaugh though. But I mean, he's good at pissing off John Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at pissing off John Harbaugh. Uh, you know, pissing off John Harbaugh. What what <laughs> what what are what are some of the uh, players that you uh, do you do you still talk to from the from your time in the in the league? I mean it. Is that you guys? Is that fraternity still there, or, or was yeah. that? You know what's weird, Chris, is you don't like when we played. We were together every day, like 10, 12 hours a day, and in the off seasons, everyone kind of went their own way. You know, as, as you kind of split up until you got yeah, back was... to the facility. You still talk to guys, but not as much as you did during season because you had to be together every day. And then when you retire and, and guys go their own ways, y'all got they, they got families, they got kids. Um, I still talk to a bunch of guys I played with but you don't see them as much anymore. And I think now we're all about the same age and our kids are the same age. So yeah. we're, we're diving into that and guys have different interests. So I still talk to a bunch of guys. I just don't see them as much anymore. <clears throat> what was it? What was it like for you? I, I mean, the hall of fame, obviously the, the epitome of, of, I guess would be one above even the Super Bowl. I would imagine in some regard, but what was it like, you know, realizing that you're, was that the capstone for your career in your mind? I mean, yeah. was it, for sure. Yeah. You know, you, I didn't play football to go to the to Hall of Fame. I wasn't, I never thought I'd be, have the chance to, to accomplish that. And then <clears throat> I guess towards the end of my career, it kind of became this, you know, you, you thought you had a chance to get, to get in there, but even when you're done, you, you don't know because the media votes on that. Uh, but yeah. man, that, that weekend was so cool. My whole family. So just my family from my friends from when I was a kid, from when I was in college, from the NFL, and my family and everybody from, from all over, wherever they were, were all together in the same place for a weekend. You know, there's 300 of us there. Yeah. Uh, it was such a good time. Um, I lost my voice when I was there. I, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a napper, but when I got home from, from Canton, I napped for three straight days. My wife was like, what is wrong with you? Like, man, I'm tired. I just, you know, I, I was stressed out all weekend. Uh, 
my party, uh, you know, my party, Lee Bryce sang at my party. Oh my God, Lee. All right. Yeah. Lee So it, it was neat, man. And I went to bed at five 30 that morning and I had to be at the hall of fame at nine 30. So I was not feeling good. Speaking of Lee, I mean, I know you're a huge music fan. Obviously, uh, you yes. had you had me perform for you. I mean, that uh, you got sure. it. <laughs> that right. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I think that night you were talking about, uh, you know, Luke Combs, like meeting him, and that that you really enjoyed his music. I mean, what are some what are some artists that you really uh, are digging right now in in, in different yeah. genres? Well, you, Luke Combs is great. You know, we went and watched his concert here in Arizona. Uh, Morgan Wallen's a man. That dude's a stud. Yeah. All of his songs. Remember when they used to be on the radio? Yeah. There was something <laughs> that <laughs> to play him. Um, love to have him on my iPad, my my uh, my phone, so I guess do when I want to. But Morgan Wallen's great. Um, I'm a big George Strait fan. Yeah. Um, Tim McGraw. I like the old stuff. Garth Brooks. Uh, but it's really not. You'd be better off asking me who I didn't like because I like pretty much everybody. But uh, Chad Morgan's. I like Morgan's new uh, new CD. It's great. Well, I mean, you know, it didn't hurt Morgan this whole situation. I mean, he was, I think he had the, what did you say, the seven, top 10 songs seven, on? Yeah, and I, th- seven I think he's the new outlaw. I think he's the modern day outlaw. I think he's going to wind up, yeah. this is going to wind up making him the the modern day Waylon Jennings. And this is, I, I just think that's what's going to happen out of it. Well, I yeah. hope you're right. I think this, I think the people are speaking. I mean, like yeah. the week that, the week that the controversy happened, his, all of yeah. his fans gravitated to uh social medias that gravitated to youtube they i mean it, his album was the number one album for the whole friggin week still at seven seven it's weeks, seven weeks Billboard, is number well, that, that, right there, that right there tells you that right there tells you the people that the people are speaking for themselves yeah yeah, yeah. you know so which is what you want as an artist right that's what you want you want Man. people to speak for you i, I don't know i'm not an artist and the other thing is i mean fans not to, are your voice not to get too controversial but one of my one of my really good friends that plays drums with me a lot of these guys know them his name is hubert payne um, he he's one of the he's a drummer for a little big town and he plays oh, with me nice. on Friday he, he plays with me on Fridays Friday afternoons downtown and uh, normally what I do is whenever we're going through our set I'm like hey guys you want to run around because anybody that's gonna sing sings and you get the mic set because the guy the sound guy yep. leaves and um, I'll ask the band what do you want to play like what do you want to play what do you want to play what do you want to play and Hubert the first song he says hey man play uh, whiskey glasses and I was like you sure he's like. Oh yeah, he's like that's crazy. Oh yeah. So I mean, like, like the first and the first thing about it is like, like we played the song and every, as soon as we started, everybody in the crowd. Oh, it's <sighs> unreal. They, I mean, they whip their heads around like, like we, yeah. like we're a snake. I with mean, three you, heads, you can't, you can't be. We, we can't. People can't be afraid yeah. if it, only one side cannot be be able to talk or, or say how they feel about something. I mean, it's just it's asinine, you know. And this whole yep. idea that you can't say anything, Sorry, even if you question. feel a certain way, that that it's bad. And I, I know you, Brian. I mean. You're you're you you don't you know you you say what's on your mind you know how is not that? as much as I would like but yeah. I I do try and say um, as much as I can or as much as appropriate I guess does it keep you out of places that you would normally go sometimes because of how life is nowadays when it, no no we still do what we want to do I'm not that. I'm not that radical, man. I still yeah. enjoy doing things. Like that. <laughs> I let something turn me away from doing something um, because of it. I just, you know, there's certain things that, that rub me the wrong way, just like most people. Yeah. Uh, you know, they all have things that rub them the wrong way. On both sides, by the way, it's not sure. Um, and I have friends on both sides, and I, I don't choose my friends based on their political views. I don't think that's fair. You yeah. know, no, um, you can believe it the way you want to. I just don't want to talk about it with you. So that's just the way it is. 
I mean, you and plus you have Eddie on speed dial, so anything that you do to get in trouble, you just oh, call Eddie. He can critique the shit out of me in two seconds. Tell me what I should, should well, shouldn't do. He'll it's not it. about critiquing. I mean, you got to figure that what Eddie does, and and probably somebody that really pisses you off is going to see the inside of an ambulance. So I mean, having Eddie <laughs> is probably not the worst thing you could ever have in, in your entire life. How, how did you? Dial, buddy. How did you? You know, with the music stuff and being in the industry that you are, obviously they go cross paths all the time. I mean, you've gotten yeah. to meet probably George Strait or Garth Brooks or some of these guys, haven't you? So I've never, I've, I met George and I didn't know it was George. We were playing golf at El Dorado in Cabo and he was in the group in front of us, but he didn't, he had his hat on, his sunglasses. And um, my buddy was like, that's George. I go, Oh, Hey George. He goes, George Strait. I go, oh, shit, I didn't recognize, and I was, you know, I grew up and my real is my favorite song of all time. I didn't recognize them. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, I used to see a bunch of rascal flats. Uh, Joe Don, oh, yeah. Gary, Jay. I used to run across those guys. We'd go to all their concerts because we knew them, but they're fun. Uh, we had some good times with them. Um, and I, I just love going to country concerts. They're fun. The people there are there to have a good time. And you can, if you're in the crowd, you're having a good time. Where, where, where's one of your favorite places to see shows? I mean, is there some place in, in around Arizona that you go to that call, you know, outdoor or whatever? I mean, is there, where is we, there? Saw, we saw Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen at Talking Stick. I saw um, Taylor Swift at Talking Stick with my daughter. Oh, she's I good. Saw, and you that, probably. Yeah, she's good. Demi Lovato, I saw her with my daughter. Selena Gomez with my daughter. So we, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty good place because you can sit down there, not like on the bottom, but maybe like two rows up yeah. where you can still see and, and hear and everything and not be too close. So, I mean, are you, a, are you an, I'm going to, now I'm going to do what he did because you said you liked it so much. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Actually, we're doing, we're going to go around. This is the first around the horn. I got a, I got a question now because he, he made me look bad. So I I'm didn't a, try to make you look bad. I, I mean, I'm just teasing. All right, here's the question. Here's the question. We'll start with you, Chris. We'll start with you, and we'll get, make our way to Brian. All right. It, are you a, a single song guy when you like an artist or an album buyer? Well, that's different. Like, the single song is normally what the – I mean, being in the industry, we all know that the single song is what the – most of the time is what the label, if you have one, is what's trying to push. Right. Um, if you're by yourself, I think the EP – or the the album itself is what speaks to you as an artist, right? But I'm talking so, as a consumer. Do you want? Are you a single buyer or are you an album buyer? Um, I'd buy the album. All right, Chad. Hmm. I, I mean, I want to say that I'm an album guy. I love albums. I love the concept of making albums. But I mean, if I'm being truthful, on the rare occasion that I listen to music now, I, I'm I'm probably listening to somebody's playlist okay so it's whatever's on the playlist fair enough uh, i mean you don't hey listen i don't need a dissertation on why you yeah, need why okay question, <laughs> <laughs> uh, phil 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 uh, phil Lindsay's in the house he's uh, owner of titan motoring here in, in uh, nashville he does wonderful work for cars boats and all kinds of stuff They're really neat i'm trying to get him this as a sponsor and give me money every month so let's put him on the spot nice. are you a single uh, or an album so i'm definitely an album guy and okay the reason yeah. is is because typically i find a hidden gem that's not the pocket. Oh. B-side gyms, man. They're That's the best. Right. There's usually a song that best, I really dude. like that is not in the mainstream so that everybody Chris, love. Chris made fun of me a while back because I, I'm, I kind of got re on a uh, cassette tape kick. Oh, my God. So when I was running, I was listening oh to cassette tapes. But I told him, I was like, man, there's so many B-sides that you just skip through. It, you know, with a CD or you know, with, I, now I, it's I wish 10, you would have got run over. I wish you would have got run over <laughs> when somebody saw you with a freaking cassette tape, like it's 1984. I still run with it, Andy. 
Yeah. I already know this answer, but Andy, are you a, a, a single guy or an album guy? Well, I definitely consume music just like any other kind of millennial sure. you know, these days. But if I had to choose, I, I collect vinyl and there's nothing cooler to me than sitting down, listening to a record, so every song, both sides and reading the liner notes, looking at the artwork. Yeah. Sure. Smelling it. Yeah. I mean, just everything, you know, like. You're an old well, guy. It's not as much so as that. Like the CDs. Yeah. Remember when we used to get the jackets and you could get all the lyrics and you could sit there and sing along with it? Oh, even if, sure. even if you even yeah. if you didn't yes. know the damn words. You and know you, looked, you looked at who yeah. all Even the if you didn't know the words. You right. still got it. Now, last one, last but not least, are you a single guy or an album guy? Man, I'm a single guy. I um, I, I just, I hear a song on the radio. I'm like, ooh, I like that song. I want to buy it. Because I, I don't go on the, um. Like, my daughter will buy the whole Taylor Swift CD when it comes out. Or even if there's any more songs, she'll buy them all. I just like certain songs, and I put them on a playlist of all the, all the songs I like. Yeah. Chad wins. Chad wins. See, I mean, it, but, it, yeah. it, you know, just like the NFL, and, and really just like everything in life, I mean, things evolve and all that kind of thing. But, I mean, it has changed the music industry. I mean, it, it is, you know, writing albums and stuff used to be yeah. something that was important to I'll, for I'll somebody to do an album again. I know. I know. I, I never will either. I mean, I sold I think the last album I, I made, I sold six copies and, and five of them were, <laughs> were, were to dad. <laughs> well, if like if you look at your stats, you, even like streaming stats, they people will listen to the first song or whatever the song what song is used pushed and everything falls off from there. So yeah. why can I, I'm I'm going to spread out those twelve songs over a year or two years versus blowing the whole load at once? So, oh my god! I, oh my! I've seen god. a lot of, seen a lot of Brian, people Brian, do, do the EPs, well do quite. the EPs, like and that. release singles like once a month or like if they're bigger, like Luke Combs, he can release one once a week if For he sure. wants to. But like if you're yeah. if you're if you're a smaller time artist, like you can release one song a month and do a twelve song album. But oh, for sure, you, you know like, what I mean. It's like, after yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think nowadays it's more like what are you releasing now? Like it doesn't matter how good your content was three and four years ago, or two years ago, or one year ago. Now it's what are you doing now? Yeah. you know what so, I mean. So it's I, a, I was talking to a guy the other day who said it's a twenty eight day cycle. <laughs> so that's literally so Spotify's algorithm works off a twenty eight day cycle. Yeah, and pretty, Brian, pretty and Brian, is. That now, and that's because Definitely of Brian. Not. It's right. because of Brian now that the whole algorithm is all screwed up. Yeah, he don't what? Well, say, yeah, whatever. Blame me. I've been blamed for worse, buddy. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna. Hey, listen. I'm gonna have Phil put a car stereo in your boat. All right, that's what I'm gonna do right now. When you play golf, do you uh, do you play with the uh, with the with your playlist going, or do you or you have to have silence? No, music is uh, music. Music's on. All, I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. Totally. You'd have totally, a hard totally, time totally. screwing me up on the golf course. Yeah. Who? So who's your who's your rival now when you play golf? I mean, do you have that? Is that? That kind of competitiveness with with some of these people Anybody, that you play golf. I have a group I play with, or you know, we have a money group. We have buddies I play with. Uh, I don't have like one specific guy that I want to beat. Just basically whoever I'm playing with, I yeah. want to beat. Have you ever have you ever played with somebody like the golf pros, Tiger or? Oh yeah, oh, I haven't played with Tiger. I played with Kevin Stroman's a, a friend of mine. He's a he's on tour. He's been on tour for like twelve years. He yep. lives here in Scottsdale. Kevin Chapel lives in Scottsdale. I played with Bubba. I played with Ricky Fowler a few times. Um, yeah, man, I played with the, those dudes are really good. I, I definitely do not beat them when I play with them. Well, I mean, like for instance, Bubba—that's somebody I, I knew and, and followed and liked. And, you know, what do you see the same? You know, their ability to play golf like your ability was to play football. I mean, is that is that is that how that works, or are they shaking they balls were, every? You know, it's just, like when I played football, I didn't, it wasn't a lot of thinking involved. It was just reacting. And I think yeah. that's kind of what golf is for them. They, they've yep. been doing it so long; they're so good at it that. Because when I play golf, I got 17 things going through my mind every swing. I'm like, oh shit, okay, slow and slow, fast, <laughs> and then, you know, and then just get like, whoop, 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 
no problem. You know, go straight. Let me hit a cut. Let me hit a draw. Let me do this. That it's easy for him. For me, it's like I got one shot shape and it goes right every time. So I play that shot. They can do whatever they want to, and they don't have to think about doing it. They just do it. Yeah, that's that 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 is cool. How different athletes in different sports, uh, you know, they play they play the game, and, and it, that is an interesting thing to me. Mr. Charles Barkley, you ever see that guy swing a golf club? Yeah, holy shit, that's got to look like somebody <laughs> side the side of the lawn. Charles is getting better though. He's hitting the ball better these days. <laughs> you ever played with Charles Barkley? So he plays in the tournament that I'm in in Tahoe every year. That the, the um, American Century, he's always out there. The fans love him. He just. You know, he doesn't play well, but the people love him because he talks to everybody and he has fun. Well, you tell him I'm a great guy. You tell him I'm a hot dog and a shot in the middle of it in the middle of his swing. You let him. I do not approve of his swing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so it's so broken and it's so long. Like you can grab a hot dog and a shot in the middle of that swing for real. He's eventually going to be the governor of Alabama. Oh, please. When is your what's your next uh, what's your next trip you're taking? Uh, where, Where are you going next? Oh, Florida. I'm going down there. Um, I'm going to Chicago for a couple of days to see my brother and my sister and my nieces. Got three nieces now. And then I'm going to go down to Florida and fish for a few days. That's and are, do you is it always Key West or do you all all over Florida? R- rarely Key West. We were only going to Key West to see you. Uh, wow. but, uh, <laughs> Merry so Christmas. Yeah. You met all my uncles and my cousins yeah. and my brothers. Yeah. Uh, last trip. But we, we do a trip every year. We try and take one night. We'll, we'll drive the boat over to the Keys from Marco Island. And spend the night in the Keys. You know, there's more stuff to do over there. So we'll do that. And the fishing's different. And then we'll drive back to Marco the next day and do the rest of the fishing over there. But we, we may go to the Keys two or three times a year. But I'd rather be in the Gulf at Marco fishing. It's more fun. Has is, is Cuba ever been something you guys uh, traveled down to, uh, being being that far down? No. I mean, nope. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite yes, fish sir. to catch out, out, out deep sea fishing? What's your favorite? What's my favorite fish favorite, to catch? Fi- favorite fish to catch out whenever you're going fishing? Oh, out there. man. Um, a group of uh, red snapper. I'm a big red snapper. snapper. Red snapper, yeah, snapper's American my favorite. Reds the whole month of June. Uh, mangrove snapper, yellowtail snapper, lane snapper, um, cobia, permit, permit of fun. Permanent's of course, good. any, any group where you can get hooked up yeah. with is fun as well. I mean, what, yeah. is that you have a favorite fish or you just kind of like all of them? When you like to catch or eat? Eat. Eat, eat, yeah. Oh, snapper. Hell yeah. Oh, shoot, yeah, snapper. I'm sorry, I didn't catch snapper's that part of the question. Favorite, yeah. Um, I'll take me a, a, a lane snapper all day. Yeah, that's how I got my first two wives. You, you know, <laughs> you, you know, I could just see you sometimes pulling a fish out of the water and just taking a bite out of it and just saying your name yeah, real loud. Yeah, oh. tuna. That's my favorite fish I always just wanted to know what it was like to have an ab. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine what <laughs> you you carry around all those abs uh, your whole life and how, how it hadn't hurt you or whatever. We got it. I wouldn't know anymore, man. I uh, I got like a. The, the top two rows are still there, but the bottom row is just like folded over now. It's gone. COVID. COVID does that, does that COVID. bother you at all? I mean, it's do you COVID. ever see yourself get, getting back? At, nope, not at all. Not so, at all. Well, hold on. So my number one thing is I don't want to get fat. So that's why I ride my bike so much because I love food, man. I'm a big fan of eating. So I ride my bike as much as I do so I can eat what I want to. I love Dr. Pepper. I love oh, wow. Chipotle. I love Sonic. I love Chick-fil-A. Fun. I don't want to not eat that stuff. So I got to ride my bike more so I don't get fat. Well, I'm going to hook you up with Sonic because, and I, and I don't, not to get you fat, but we, we, uh, we've been playing for Sonic for years. And now that you've said that I am going to oh. get, you are going to get something in the mail. I might just send you all the fixings, like, uh, you know, six pounds of cheese, uh, 40 oh, pounds of hamburger. Perfect. Oh, it's going to be great. It's so is well, that the number one quadruple size with the root 44 dog pepper. That's my, that's my a quadruple. Right we just I've never even heard of that. Is that a secret but menu? Like, probably. like at in and out burger or something. I've never heard of a quadruple burger. I've never oh, heard of a quadruple burger. A quadruple sized. 
a quadruple size. Make it as big as you possibly can. Oh, they I had that though. The Urlacher. Like, it's just is, called is, the is Urlacher. Like yeah. Is that your no, own I, size? I, I mean, like, what is it? Like, oh, we don't, we don't. All we go up to is extra large. So yeah, give me that then. <laughs> well, I mean, out, out there, I mean, so Sonic over uh, In and Out or Sonic over uh, what? What are those two big burger joints in in uh, in the West Coast? Is or Whataburger and In and Out? Whataburger, Whataburger. No, so not Whataburger. It's uh, Carl's Jr. in the West Coast. Well, that's just Hardee's. Okay. It's I know we Both know that is Hardee's. Too, but I would take Sonic burgers over just about anything. No They're kidding. Great. They're good, man. That's that's crazy. Good. Of all the things that I never thought to ask you, that I never thought we'd get to the Sonic Burger. I'm a foodie guy. There's I, a I Sonic love, open 24 food. hours on Charlotte food. that I hit after after we get off work. Just what, saying. What uh, what <laughs> what is your favorite uh rest like I don't want to say cla- classier restaurant, but yeah, let's say a restaurant with stars. What 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 like with stars? Yeah, like a Jeff Ruby's or a yeah, um, so there's Gibson's in Chicago. There's, you know, oh, Joe's God, yeah. Crab is, yeah. it's great. Uh, I'm going to go back to my favorite, Mastro's. All those places are great, man. I, and I love seafood. So any of those places that have like a seafood tower to start me out, sign me up. Was Jeff Ruby's a place you went when you went to Cincinnati? Did you ever Did you ever go in there? I never heard of that place. Really? It was great, though. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I'm going to fly you out here on your dime and have you come up there. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you have to try. <laughs> it's one of the best. It really is. But Mastro's is great. Mastro's is there's awesome. A, really there's, a, there's a little yeah, Italian Mastro's place amazing, in Chicago, dude. too. It really called, it's like Victory or something. Italian place is the most incredible. Where's this? Chicago's Chicago. got great oh, okay. restaurants. Oh my god. We 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 oh, are we going to Italian food there. I want to there's a place called Valari that's my favorite. Oh my Valari. god, yes. That's a great. I was going to I was going to I was going to ask what your like food wise what was your favorite place to go whenever you lived in Chicago and you said Valari. Well, I mean definitely can't uh, be Morton. Was my favorite when I lived there um and Joe's probably my two favorite. There was this Japanese restaurant up I lived in the suburbs up on called Tsukasa. Man. And there was another one in the, in the burbs called Bob Chin's Crab Shack. Those two right there rival any place downtown. That, that, that no kidding. That what about the pizza They're though? Ugly. What about which pizza? What was the pizza place in Chicago for you? Oh, dude, you're gonna hate, people hate me. I grew up in New Mexico, so I like Pizza Hut. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, that's what I like. So, so, up. so, yeah. uh, socks or Cubs? So I grew up Uh-oh. in New Mexico. We had no TBS for the Braves and WGM for the Cubs. Yes. So I was a Cubs guy when I got there. there you go. I, I was a like, like, Cubs fan. I, yeah. I, I wasn't, there, but, but we talked about my number one team was the Braves always. Really? Yeah, same. So, well, mine was Red Sox, man, because whenever I was coming okay. up, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have cable, so I had six channels, and my babysitter had one of those. <laughs> Fucking saddle. Sorry, one of those friggin' <laughs> you're good, you're good. one of those friggin' satellite dishes that you could go swimming in if you could fill it up with water. And uh, we got the we got the Nesson channel. She got the Nesson channel, but would sometimes get the picture, but wouldn't get the sound, or would get the sound and wouldn't get the oh, picture. So like, it didn't matter to me because I was used to listening to Skip Carey do the Braves games. Yeah, so, Harry, I mean, Harry yeah, Carey, yeah, calling you the know, game. So oh. like, so I listened to the Braves because like that's what was on the radio because I'm from the South and like that's what's all over the radio. But like watching it, like Nesson, I, I played third base, so Wade Boggs was my favorite growing up. Oh yeah, and then I pitched as well. So like. Roger Clemens was the guy. So I like the Red Sox because I could hear their games and watch the games. But the Bra- and at that time the Braves were they were the worst. To, that was that was when the Braves went worst first. You know what I mean? So like as they're coming up, I'm like, all right, these guys, Ron Gant, I like that guy. He's badass. Yes. Were you Ovis friends with Nixon, Jeff Blau? Oh yeah, Mark that was that was that was my team, dude. That was my that was my team. The '91 Braves. Whenever they played the Twins, we'll see you tomorrow night. I hated that because we lost. But that was yes. David Justice. David, oh, the '96 when everyone yeah. went against the Indians, Brian and then he goes, to, and then he goes to the Indians, yeah. and he goes to the Indians. Were you were you friends with any of those guys? That, that, are those teams you liked? That, I mean, with the sports world, with shout the Braves. Out Lamb, uh, shout out Andy. You, oh, was I friends with him? Yeah. 
So, oh, well, I got so I play in these golf tournaments, and Maddox, all Greg Maddox plays in them, John Smoltz. Uh, I saw Chipper Jones down at Jordan's place two weeks ago. Uh, Chipper, I was a big fan of Chipper growing up, man. He was Same. a stud. Um, you know, you come, we cross paths with these guys, uh, uh, you know, doing all these different sure. events all the time. It's pretty cool that to see awesome. the guys that I watched and I kind of idolized as a kid to get a chance to meet them and play golf with them. So, I mean, you, you have a big, uh, a, a, you have a lot of golf paraphernalia, right? I mean, that's, that's something that, I mean, that's not, that's not a secret, right? What do you mean paraphernalia? Is that like illegal? What is that? Well, no, <laughs> not, not, not paraphernalia. Of what, what's it called? <laughs> golf. You have a, a lot of golf. Is it like memorabilia? Memorabilia. Memorabilia. Memorabilia is good. You can sell both of those, but one of them you will not get you arrested. Just saying. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where did that I like come from? Golf about? stuff. You know, I don't. I don't have a lot of stuff from my career. I don't really put it on display. It's all in boxes and a storage bin. But I think golf stuff is pretty cool. Big fan of Tiger, Jack Nicholas, uh, all the guys now. I mean, I'm, I'm big fans of all the guys playing now. They're. Uh, they're all badasses. That's neat. Uh, that is, it is, it, it has to be neat to, to be able to meet people that you were fans of and all that kind of stuff, just because, you know, you were uh, good at what you did and, and you're able to meet people and that, cause even like, that, like I said before, it's like having a football card of you growing up. I me and my brother yeah. used to collect cards, you know, and, and he loved the bears. What We lived in Grafton, West Virginia. So I think he drank something funny. I don't even know how he knew about the bears, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, Mike Singletary. I want I want Yeah. Well, that's right. Mike Singletary and those kind of guys. Yeah, Singletary's the man. Singletary's the man. Who, no, no, Anderson was good in the early nineties too. Who, who oh, yeah. were the bears? Wilbur, I Wilbur Marshall and Ose Wilson. They got very underrated players. But Kruitz, anyway, like um, Kruitz's teammate, that dude was bad for all forever. <laughs> Who were the Bears that you played that you played with that was kind of cool when they were as they were going on their way out? I mean, was that something that was was neat for you? I'm sure there were some. I didn't overlap with anybody that was so they won the Super Bowl in '85. Um, oh. I got there in 2000, so there's really nobody that I overlapped with that. Um, um, they were good. Don't get me. They're some good players, but no one that was really you, you would probably know, honestly. Oh, uh, I understand. Sure. I mean, what what's, yeah. what what place did you like to play? Not besides Chicago. I mean, you know, was oh, that Green my Bay, favorite city? Man, Lambeau Field's unbelievable. Is it uh, really? Stadiums, uh, indoor stadiums. I talked about uh, New Orleans, Atlanta. Um, like you know, who was loud was St. Louis when they used to be. It was loud as hell. MSO. I mean, all those indoor stadiums were so damn loud. Uh, it, it was unreal. But playing at Lambeau. You, you can you can feel the history. I don't care what anyone says. You walk into that place and you understand what's been taking place there. What what about what about Pittsburgh? And, and I asked that because that's that's where I'm. That's your team. That was my man. team. Whatever. Yeah. What what was what, was it was it like that with with Pittsburgh at all, or was it kind of just cookie cutter? You know, they so won. They just had the new Heinz Field when when I played there, which is a great place to play. Um, but the fan the fans are awesome in Pittsburgh. We got our asses whooped in Pittsburgh. <laughs> my uh my sixth year, man. They we were. I think we were like eight and one or nine and one. And they had, they were close to, they were tinkering to go on the playoffs and they went, they beat us and win every game and win the Super Bowl. So that was the Parker um, year. Yeah. That was the Parker. Yeah, year. I wouldn't, I do not enjoy my experience in uh, Pittsburgh, but <laughs> who, who is the, the fans there are, are unreal. They are, they're awesome. They're kind of like soldier, like soldier field fans, fans of Chicago. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's always been, it's always a tough place to play for teams, right? I mean, that's, that's part of the deal. Well, it used to be, yeah. I mean, when we played it, we felt like it was tougher for them to play. Our our field sucks because we have terrible grass, allegedly, but we liked it. Um, <laughs> and the fans are, you know, against you, which is the way it should be. Yeah, that's neat. 
I, I don't, you know, I, I, I have a thousand more. Uh, do you like this or that questions? But I'm just going <laughs> to skip them. I'm going to skip them, and I'm just going to say, well, Brian, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I, I, I can't. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate talking to all you guys. Well, no, I, I didn't mean to ambush you with a bunch of people, but they, they were all, they all gave I me like money. It. They all gave me money to come in here and ask questions. So I, I had to take it. I had to show I actually wrote an IOU. I'm just saying. I'm the poorest musician of them all. No, I wrote the IOU. We, we want to come down and finish that job, though. I do want to, I, we do owe you one. So let's make that happen at some point in time. Just leave Eddie. I'm in. We'll, do it. well, let's not let Eddie set it up this time. Up. <laughs> Everybody, Hall of Fame linebacker uh, Brian Erlecker. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the Thanks, show. Guys. We really appreciate nice it. Talking to you guys. Nice appreciate talking you. to you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Brian. That's neat. Bye. Golly, that's neat. Yeah, look what he did. What? What did he do? He did, fa- <laughs> he did the phase out on your ass. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, that was really our first real Zoom call live, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, as far as uh, nothing that's pre- yeah, pre-recorded or something. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was that, a live one. Yeah, it went that well. Was, that went pretty well. Did anybody call in? I don't know. No, we, we didn't we, have any calls. We didn't, uh, yeah, we try to stay away from that. We don't. We don't have that. We try to stay away. Well, I mean, you, you can't. Well, I'm not going to get. You know, it'd be one thing if my dad was talking on the Zoom, but you know, and, and somebody want to ask a question, but I'm not going to. I mean, it, you know, we and, get some interesting uh, ones when they do have. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, probably Jim Bowler, and he's probably, it's going to be Jim Bowler or something. Yeah, he probably wants to get, find out where where he lives in, in Arizona and go <laughs> up and meet with him or whatever the case is. Who, Who's the guy that calls in from the um from the RV park? He's oh, he's fun. like in Nebraska. Yeah, that, uh, he he's loves always, it. We, he's, we, we've given him a radio and I send him and, whiskey, and that guy just listens to the show until until the next week. And love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was neat. Like I, I felt like I was all over the place, but that's kind of what I do. I'm all over the place. I, I felt like that. I thought, the, I thought this is the coolest job. show we've that had. Was awesome. I, I, it was neat. I, yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I just I want what I want to ask. It, it, it's just is is basically just what it feels like. To be on that field, you know, and it's, and then when you start to get there and you get up in front of the person, you just feel like that's so generic. It's so, you know, like what, what's way, he going to say? But in the same way as all of us being on stage, like, like I know how I am about my, my, no. pre, my, my pre-stage ritual. Dude, uh-huh. I have bad, bad anxiety. I, 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 I'm not trying to be a big time or anything. I show up, I show up the very last because I don't want to worry about anything. I don't want to show up early because I don't want people asking me questions. It's oh, like, what's the, early. what's yeah, the, what's yeah, the, what's the, what's the set list going to be like? What's this? And I'm like, no. oh, that, those questions. But no, no, but, but dude, like, that's like, I, I don't know. What do you want to hear? And then they'll stay there. And then like the whole time I'm, I'm working myself into a frenzy. And then if I get on stage there, then it's not a, it's not a good show. So I'd rather just avoid all that, show up, do my job, have fun. You know, what's, what's Nashville downtown like right now? What's starting going to open up? Is it? I mean, they're doing, they're staying open to one. Almost yeah. so like 75% 12, capacity. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 75. 70, yeah, I read so, it I think was you're a, right, Chad. I 125 70. people per floor is what, um, I, what I read. Yeah, great, but, but, but it's pretty good. Main floor. Well, yeah, because, <laughs> because yeah, they're over capacity if you get them some of the guns in there. Yeah. But at Legends, like, or or the stage, I think even at the stage, it's like, what, 375 at the stage on the first floor? And that's one of the biggest bars in town. So, like, if you can 375 get, is their capacity. Right? Three, uh, no, on the I, first, I, I think it's just the. First, I think it's just the first. I think that's just they, the they first can floor. have three hundred seventy five people in there. Like before COVID. Oh right. I, I okay. Think, right. I think they could. That's I right. I think they could. I think but, if it wasn't three fifty. But it, now it's like one twenty five. Yeah, but now, yeah, but now you now it's going to be like seventy five percent. But in a lot of other bars, it's it's like you know they're two hundred and they're they're, they're still getting seventy five, so they're 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 okay. But the right. bigger bars are the one that's suffering right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's you if you play a play a show at the stage, 
to 125 people, know. it looks empty. Not allowed right well, now. Well, it's, it's not even. I haven't played there in years. It's but, not even about but, playing uh, playing for 125 people. It's you're playing for 125 people sitting down that cannot move. Exactly. Right. Like how how many times? Like, I I remember watching your show. Like I remember like, the night that you had your accident. I was at your show oh, waiting yeah. waiting for you to show up. Yeah. And um, but like back then, like like how used are you? Like how many years are you used to like everybody being this close oh, to you? N- nuts like, to face. I mean, like they can. Sp- Talk and spit on you, yeah, and you're like, right. "Thanks." And some of you them know? did. Some of them did. Oh, I, I've <laughs> had it happen. I played the happen. stage one night. Some woman ripped my shirt off, like broke my in ears. It's insane. I almost wore the shirt that the lady ripped her button off of, but I hadn't got fixed yet because I'm not so. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, so so you're 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 you you're back to playing a normal schedule then? No, no. Um, not to put people on blast, but I'm supposed to play at Whiskey Row every late night shift on Fridays and was told that I was going to, but I'm not back there yet. And um, I played there on Mondays, and I'm not back there yet either. But as far as everyone else, I'm back to normal. Back to normal. I'm back to normal shifts, which um, like Saturdays I'm being told at a lot of places, like even like the places that we've played at a lot of times, like for the Ruble Bars or the Smith right. Bars, like they have certain times. But the Ruble Bars have definitely changed their times. So, like, you're playing, like, an hour later to knock back to where you're you're not playing, you know, a show and a half. You're playing, like, a show in an hour, you, I mean, as you know. Oh, right. I, I, know. I haven't played down there. I'm just now starting. Quite a long time. I, like, so, I, was yeah, playing, yeah. I was playing at the – like, we crossed paths. Yeah, yeah. We crossed paths a couple times doing acoustic shows during COVID at the towards the end. And things were – Things were starting to open up, but, like, it was completely dead. So, I mean, do you feel like if people want to come to Nashville right now, it's worth it? I don't – honestly, yeah. uh, now, yes, during the summer, no, yeah. and people were. And it was causing us to go downtown and, like, you know, um, we would be playing for 10 people, yeah. which playing for 10 people is better than playing for four walls. Always. Well, I mean, but Andy had a point too, because you know Andy's been playing a lot. Not Andy, badass baseball. Well, but I mean, the, the point of it is, is like you know them sitting and listening was actually kind of neat instead of yeah. you know not paying attention in some aspects. Technically, I like those crowds better because whenever I first started coming up, I would be, and I don't know which nights you would play, but I started up on like a Monday night and a Sunday night, so like. You're pl- and oh, yeah. you know as well as I when you're doing those nights, you're not playing for anybody but a couple of stools. Oh, yeah. I used so, to do Tuesday <clears throat> nights at Legends. I did Tuesdays at uh, two o'clock at Paradise Park. Oh, oh my God! And oh. this was before Paradise Park is Please. like before everybody was like, "Oh, I miss Paradise." <laughs> Please, Park. I play big shots three to seven every Friday. Andy, don't you don't you talk to me? We crossed the same path, same path. You remember Twenty Eighth Street, Twenty Ninth Street, Twenty Ninth Street? There's there's still as many people in big shots today as there were pre COVID. Oh my God! <laughs> well, but big shots is they they've kind of redone their whole thing. Right? Yeah, they're it's, badass. It's feeling it's it's doing a little better. Uh, and and that's that that's a lot of the environment where. I like those crowds that sit down when I'm playing an acoustic gig because you can actually talk to For people. Sure. Well, that's where you get your that fans. Sort of like that's yeah. where you get your yep. true fans. Like yep. your true loyalties. Like your your fox your foxhole buddy fans. Like that's where you get those. I guys. play about sixty percent music and talk forty percent shit. Is about yeah. as um, it's sixty forty <laughs> for me. Oh, so you learn from the best. You learn from the best, yeah, man. It's it's definitely a different. It's a completely different vibe to do. I mean, like my full band show, there's zero dead time. It's bam, 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 bam for four straight hours. And my acoustic show, I can sit there and I can BS. And you get to know those people and they get to know you. 
Yeah. And yeah, that is where you make busiest calls, and best show sure. in town. Though is this guy's. This guy's well, got eight not anymore. Well, I'm, I'm retired. He's not but, in town but, anymore. But, well, I mean, I'm just saying. Like I, I'm just saying. I used to go to that show, and that son of a gun was 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 very uh, I mean, entertaining. We, we definitely had. We definitely changed some. We what was it? Uh, it, it turned some go piss into gasoline in my in my time. My Dude, time. we went from watching four people play on stage to eighteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris was just sitting there going. With everything and just kicking everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, we awesome. changed we changed the dynamic. Twelve years ago, we changed the dynamic of what plays at eleven. I'll never. I mean, if I didn't do anything in my life as far as music goes or whatever, we we definitely having that band and, and especially on Sundays and all that kind of thing. We we changed how downtown because you well, you would better, go down. Well, but better, though, like well, it wasn't I mean, just it wasn't the just music play changed. Me Merle Haggard, yeah, play me exactly. This and I love Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard's exactly. my sure, favorite. But it's but it all day long. That. It's yeah. all day long. You get that all day long, and we we gave people a different place to listen to different yeah. music. That's I mean, all. I remember like thinking, man, I've got I've got a pretty good show. Like it's pretty rocking. People like it. And then uh, Matt Harville was like, dude, I, I want to connect you with this guy. And he brought me to your show the first time. I'm like, I suck. No, it's, I I mean, it's suck. not about that. And, uh, and the girl I was dating at the time, she's like. I thought you were good, but this guy's much better. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah but she was not talking about the stage. But you know, the thing about it is too that we, because we had that big band, you, it was you can't, you know, four or five guys is not are not going to make that kind of noise. You know what I mean? And so it was just a different thing, and it was it was you know what I mean? And so exactly talking about trend setting, dude. Like yeah. you went, you, like there was no one else that had a full big band like that. You were the only guy that had one. I got lucky in that regard, but no, I mean anything was, to cover my did, voice. You did, you did great. Like, no, I appreciate it. Like that, that Thank whole, you. That whole situation was Thank a good. You. Situation. And now you know why you're here. By the way, thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Chris Trader, we're gonna come back, and Chris is gonna play a song. Uh, is this a new song, or you, did you write a song? Or I've no. got a couple songs. Well, that's uh, good. I'm, I'm always writing new well, songs. Well, you got two minutes. To, to think of one. We'll be right back on How Val is of Validity with uh, Chris Schrader, our, our music okay. guest tonight. Yeah, right across the hall. Hey, no problem. Jared Neiman. Love and Theft. Chris Weaver. We Chris, if you got to go, you got Yeah, we got two minutes. Warren Gunther. Right across the Tickets oh, on know, sale now at Sunny's Patio Party at Eventbrite.com. Ward Gunther. It's good crowd tonight. We we're at 20 right now. We were we were Aurora up Dirty Science. The was, true. I mean, overall, the, the reach is going to be really good. Really good. Man, I wanted at the end, I wanted to ask her, like, what are you driving? Oh, man, you should have got it in there, but these two freaking hosses. God. Be a part of the show? Call us at 
808-707-8108. That's 808-707-8108. Or you can email your thoughts to weaver at hvvcast.com. Hertz Marine and Car Audio Systems. On the path of excellence, we go full speed ahead to make your sound experience truly powerful, high-end performance, ultimate technology, extreme versatility, a solution to everyone's needs. Enhance your system performance. Hertz Marine and Car Audio. Nutriscience, the true liposomal supplement. All right. So everybody, uh, a good buddy of mine from Nashville, Tennessee, on our uh, How Valid is the Validity music segment. Uh, you ready? You good? He's. I, got, I, I didn't give him enough whiskey, I think. We, we better have I a myself show. enough. Man. We better have. <laughs> like, you, you don't need, I bring my own router always. <laughs> you. You, are you good? Is this a new song? It's one I haven't released. Yet. Hit that hit that tuner button for me. Make sure you hit the tuner button for me. Oh, you better hit the you better use the tuner. Uh, Chris is placed downtown in uh, downtown Nashville at Legends and, and numerous places downtown. We we're, we we'll give you his uh, link to where he go find his music and and where he's at. Uh, and we're gonna play a song. Chris Schrader, everybody, on how valid is the validity music uh, segment. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Thank y'all, guys. This is gonna be one of my new singles. It's called um, "100 Miles an Hour." So. You got that? Uh, I'm not getting anything from you. Oh yeah, hit the hit the tuner button on the top there. There, there you go. You well, go thank now? you, sir. Yes, Chris Schrader. One more time. Let's do this. Remember that night, chased the song. Red cable may as well has been disabled Cause I never even touched it once You fell faster the faster we went Shifted to fear that slid on in Had my foot on the floorboard But you were begging for more That's when I knew I loved you That's when I knew you had my heart 101 on the 102 Pushing my limits in my plans just a little too far Running on hearts on fire Running through nights and ties, you ain't seen love if you ain't seen love at a hundred miles an hour. Remember that spot where you and I stopped? The first kiss kind of missed, but the second one showed at the job. Sitting still, but still flying through the air Didn't notice when the cops got there Where did those blue lights come from? Looked at you when you said wrong That's when I knew I loved you That's when I knew you had my heart 101 on the 102 Pushing my limits in my plan was just a little too far Running on hearts on fire Burning through nights and ties You ain't seen love if you ain't seen love a hundred miles an hour 
is where the girl comes in, you know. Go, Phil. And oh, take this road as far as it will go. And don't take it slow. Wherever we go, just don't let go. That's when I knew I loved you. That's when I knew you had my heart. 101 on the 102, pushing my limits in my plummet just a little too far. Running on hearts on fire, burning through nights and times. You ain't seen love if you ain't seen love at a hundred miles an hour. At a hundred miles an Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah. Thanks, man. I love that. Is that re- out? Is that out right now? No, I'm re- I'm re- I'm in the process of recording it, and I've got a couple of songs that I've got one that's being shopped um, by Keith Stiegel. Oh, nice. Nice. That's never uh, a bad. Thing. I, well, I wrote it with one of his artists. So, um, but hopefully, um, there's 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 good talks on that one. That's awesome. And um, but that one's going to be my next released. And um, there's a. Um, there's a girl I'm going to be singing it with, um, and uh, well, I'm going to have her sing the high parts sure, because sure. obviously I, I cracked a little <laughs> bit. Sorry, guys. No, it's um, good. But uh, I wrote it with Randall Clay, Chris Harris, and uh, Kaylin Gardner, and uh, I'm really excited about that song cool. and the next six that I have to release. Well, so. good man. It's great. Thanks for coming down here tonight. Thanks for having me. Hey, no I'm problem. sorry that I, I sorry if I if I overstepped some. some you didn't overstep nothing. Dude, I wasn't it's trying. Chad, like, it's Chad's the problem. Okay, Chad's Chad. always the problem. No man, like Chad's always the problem. Like we, I had fun and uh, growing up, growing up, like you had an an, an an exceptional guest. Like growing up playing playing football, I led the state in sacks my senior year in Tennessee. And I wore fifty two because fifty four was taken. Oh, and um, but I, I but I wore fifty two for for Ray Lewis. I was a middle linebacker and 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 defensive end and getting just just I mean I don't I don't know this guy. I just sure. like this guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, but having him on your show and then you asking me to be, I was like, hell yeah, yeah, you know? no. So I, thank you. I, I no, it. thank you. And and make sure you you know please share the show and and let everybody oh, I, know I, you're I, on I'll, here. I'll be sharing. No, it, was, it was awesome. I Thanks appreciate for having me. And uh, Phil Lindsay in the, in the in the in the house tonight from Titan Motoring Sports, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. Get the mic up to your face. It gets. Oh, he's got you muted anyway. That's muted. It doesn't even matter. So let me ask you a question too, real quick. Uh, what, what's in your shop right now that that you wish you could show everybody? If you you know, you, what's your big project right now? Man, we got a lot of big projects. Um, we've got a bunch of old Defenders in the shop, like Defender. 90s, really? That uh, those are super hot right now. Um, I've got a couple of Predators hockey players vehicles we're doing that are badass. A couple of Titan players we're doing. Um, probably my favorite car that's in the shop right now. Uh, we've got a 70s like gangster Cadillac. Like big, long. I mean, it's like I don't, it's like 77 feet long. I don't know. How long it <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it's like, you know, slow, long. It's just cars is super gangster. I don't know. I always wanted one when I was like a little kid. Is it worth? Tell Tell me this. All the places in the country, you're you're like one of the top dogs in the country. I mean, people know about you everywhere. I mean, if somebody's thinking about doing something with their vehicle, uh, really doing something with uh, maybe a, not necessarily their driver, but a car they have in the garage or whatever the case is, I mean, you it's worth it to come down here and do this at your shop. I mean, your boys are are really just. 
there's something else. Well, I mean, we've got, I've been extremely blessed, right? So I, I've, I was a tech for 16 years. Um, techs we've got are better than I ever was, which is what you want. Uh, but I've got, I literally have, uh, I guess right now I've got four of the top 12 techs in the country in one building, which is unheard of. So uh, it's insane. our crew is, they're phenomenal. Anybody wants to come down, I'll give them to her, man. I'll show them what they're doing. Well, yeah, but I mean, they need to just bring the car. Just bring it. You're going to sell them. Bring the car, bring your wallet. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> he blacked out my car and and put lasered uh, Chris Weaver band logos on the front of it. And now I can't hit a pedestrian. That's correct. So thank you so much for that. Yep. I, that was a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sitting, Titan Motoring is a, a, hell of a hell of a thing. And we got to get you in on the, on the next concert for sure, too. I'm in. Andy, you did a great job tonight. I got to admit. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, that was our first major Zoom call, and you didn't – I mean, that was a big guest tonight, and, and uh, you know, you did a good job. He is big. He's about 6'5", six, 250. Six, I mean, he, I'm not kidding you right now. <laughs> this guy, I would let him hug me. I would let him hug me. As a uh, matter of fact, he did hug me. He did. He yeah. hugged me, too. I've been yeah. hugged by uh, Brian Erlinger. Yeah, yeah I hug you all the time, and you hug everybody, so that <laughs> right, but he could rest. He could rest his chin and chest on your head. That's, that's, that's the difference, though. <laughs> you can't do that. When me and you do it, it's more – it's more surgical, more, more just more love, you know, more loving, more loving. All right. So uh, next week we have Andy Ross on who is going to bring in, he, he's a, Andy Ross is an interesting character because he has, he deals now with this company that, that deals with gun safes and all this cool merchandise. And then he's a very big uh, patriot. He loves, loves America, has a band, but he's a, a big game hunter. And so do you know the bear, Chris, the bear that's at uh, Whiskey Dicks, or not Whiskey Dicks. Is it Whiskey Dicks? No, the, you're talking about uh, whiskey, uh, whiskey Row. No, whiskey, not Whiskey Row. Whiskey Bent. Whiskey, whiskey Bent. Bent. The Big Bear. The Big Bear. The he back, shot yeah. that with a bow. That was him. Oh, hold on a minute. That that Andy Ross. That 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 that's a real deal. That's a real deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That that bear is almost as big as uh, Brian Urlacher. But I'm not kidding. <laughs> six you. five two eighty. I'm uh, yes. I, I think that bear's like six three a, qu- a quarter pounder. But but he 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 Brian Urlacher does. I'm telling you right now. You put a little bit of fur on that guy he, and run him through the forest. You're looking at Bigfoot. That's what Bigfoot looks like. It's well, a, you do. You made a Sasquatch. I, dude, I'm great. Well. well, I do that because it sounds smarter. It sounds smarter. <laughs> so next week we have Andy Ross. I'm not sure who. I, I think I'm going to let him be the musical guest because it's always funny to. to uh, he loves playing and performing. He's really good at it, but he doesn't do it very often. You know, he's got a big bus. He travels around, but he's a big game hunter. And my God, has he got some stories? You should come back for that one too. Yeah, he sounds very interesting. And, and he'll give you a gun safe. He'll give him. He'll bring it. They're, they're like four thousand pounds. It's a Brian Urlacher safe. They call it. <laughs> everybody thanks for watching how or listening uh, in this case to how, how valid is validity uh we really appreciate you make sure you, you share and if you if you'd like to be a, a sponsor or advertise uh on the show please get a hold of us uh th- through the how valid is the validity uh web and we'll be glad to help you out so anyway thanks so much and also one last thing uh we have uh, jared neiman uh, love and theft myself and ward gunther at sunny's uh in nashville the tickets are almost sold out so make sure you check it out at uh what is that uh i think it's sunny's patio party eventbrite.com and and we'd love to see you uh, come in if you want to fly in phil will uh, fly in and you come down see your shop it, it'll be great yeah. so make sure you, you see that show andy that? thank you and yes uh, sir chris schrader's music what's that no that's man. at sunny's uh, in germantown germantown yeah okay. yeah cool, cool, cool. working uh working everybody follow you chris who me no uh chris schrader oh yeah right oh it, it's uh chris schrader s-h-r-a-d-e-r.com and then 
from there, you can go to Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you can find my music. My awesome. Only fans. My only fans. Um, farmers only. Farmers. Uh, <laughs> that's Naked point. on a tractor. Naked on a tractor. Andy, thank you so you much. Don't have to be long. Yes, sir. <laughs> How valid is the validity? Uh, episode six. We'll see you next week for another version of How valid is the validity? Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us. That was awesome. Thank you. That was good. That was damn good. Nah, I should have asked what kind of car you drove. You always never ask. I know, I know. I get it, man. I, you know, I. But you, you, Chad would raise his hand, and that's the key. <laughs> Watch this, though. Watch this. Watch this. Light. What's so proudly we no, I know. I, 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 but Chad was like, he's got a question. Right? That's why I finally got back there. Oh, watch this. Oh, Lord. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through It's even better when you're watching it on the delay on your computer screen, Chris. Oh. For the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming. This sounds like a good version of it. They made them stand for that. They made they made look, those people stand for look. that. That's Wrigley, right? They booed her at Wrigley. Yeah. Right? <laughs>